Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessings. We ask you to be with us during this day and the preparation day. Bless us during the Sabbath. Bless your church. And mostly bless the friends that are here and all of these leaders, health leaders in your church, that we can promote health evangelism and, uh, and help to announce our message to the world and then that you can come soon. We ask your blessings, our your presence now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, yes. I should be a pastor. I, I, I was thinking to be a pastor before I went to the medical school, but my mother wanted me to be a doctor, so I have to follow her, and keep her happy, and then I... Yeah. Yeah, so I am not a pastor, but I was raised in the church, so I preach, and I... By the way, tomorrow I'm going to preach in the Portuguese church. In Portuguese, okay? There is, there is two. Uh, one here and one in Fort's, uh, Fort, whatever Fort they have. Yeah, Fort Meyer, I think it's Fort Meyer. Yeah. Um, one thing that I forgot to tell you is when we discuss about the HPV virus, that is related to colon cancer. Uh, the HPV virus also is becoming related to colon cancer, to colon can HPV virus related to cervical cancer in women. And now they are saying that HPV virus is one of the factor in, in uh, colon cancer. They are finding that. Probably uh, or mostly among homosexuals. And among homosexuals, we have HPV virus related to throat cancer, mouth cancer, and because of the practice that they do. So it's terrible what is happening, but this is something that we have to know, that there is a, a relationship. I, I might come back to there when I talk about other cancers, but uh, it's just a review that, uh, that uh, uh, came to my mind. Okay, Adventist Health Study. We have uh, three, practically three Adventist health studies. The first one, the Adventist mortality study that finished in 68, that uh, compare um, Adventist to the California other Adventists. Then we have Adventist health study one that was the most known Adventist. And then we have the air pollution Adventist study that is still running. And then we have the Adventist uh, health study two. This one was 36,000 Adventists. I don't remember how many people are, were in the first one. And this one now is 96,000. So it's a, it's a big cohort. So why study the Adventists? Just because we are diverse. We don't smoke, we don't drink, but we have a range of dietary habits. So for a researcher, is a, it, this is a gold mine. You see, these guys, I, I, they, you can isolate practically a variable, two variables you can put away and do your own research on, uh, without needing to control for them. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that is a new trend. I'm not sure if you are uh, familiar with that, but uh, um, 
Smoking is not, not, not that much. I mean, I, I would say key, the, the thing that they put most don't smoke is related to the ones that convert to the church later. And so they, they cannot say that they are non-smokers for life because they, they have a previous story. And the same thing is valid for drinking, but drinking is coming back. I mean, you have to be careful with our youth about that. Do you know in th that is in our Adventist college, 30 to 40% of, of the kids there are, are drinking? And I have a, a, a story to share with you. Did I share it with you? No. About my daughter. I start with my stories and then I lost my time. But uh, today you cannot talk, I can talk more. <laughs> but uh, my daughter used to go to Pacific Union College. And then now she is, uh, uh, she's dating a non-Adventist guy and, uh, and she's going to get married in August. We don't like that it's non-Adventist, but hold, hold, hold a little bit, okay? She was uh, dating, uh, she was in Pacific Union College and she has a boyfriend that was Adventist. I was in China. So she, first she called me and she said, hey dad, what do you think about earrings? And then I, I told her, well, in Brazil we didn't use earrings. I mean, in America, some church they use, some other church. I don't think it's a, there is, it depends on the culture, I mean, it would not have many difference for, for, for like uh, using a watch or something like that. So I tried to be a little more yeah, lenient with her. And then she said, no, it's not for me, it's for my boyfriend. I said, oh my goodness. <laughs> and his boyfriend was advanced. But the big thing with the boyfriend was that he was a social drinker. He and his family, Adventists, Seventh-day Adventists, believed that moderate drink is not a problem. And so they drink uh, a little bit of beer and a little bit of wine. We are not talking about uh, people from the world. I mean, they, if, if we can say that they are advanced, I don't know. But what happened is that we start fighting. I gave the, 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 the news for her, and I was all with the background cans and showing her, and she passed to the guy, and the guy came back, and, and then at the end, we passed a couple of months, they broke up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, and then uh, I asked her, what happened? Well, uh, I told him, if I'm going to get married with you and then uh, we are going to raise children, I don't want alcohol in the house. There is no way I was raised in a different environment. There is no way that I will have that. And then uh, they finished. So when I came back from China, I was talking about that, and she said, you know what, the guy liked me so much, he was willing to, to go back, to, 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 to have a, the relationship back, and he said that he was willing to stop alcohol. But there was another thing. And then I said, well, what, what was the thing? Well, he has an issue with marijuana. I said, oh my goodness. <laughs> So we are talking about, we are not talking about people from the world, we are talking about people from our, our Adventist college. So not all of them are like that, but uh, somehow we, we have this problem in, in our midst that is growing and is growing more among kids. So we have to, to know about that. We have to address that maybe in our church. I will tell you, uh, when I, 
I used to have a Portuguese uh, in my other class. I'll go there. And then when I, when I did one lesson about alcohol in the church, and the Portuguese were present, I have a hard time. I have a hard time. I mean, in the Sabbath school, the guy was, was saying, fighting me and fighting me because Jesus drank, Jesus drank wine, and, uh, and the angel drank wine, and uh, Abraham drank wine. I say, oh, my goodness. You know, uh, well, my last argument, I was losing argument. My last argument was saying, well, okay, you, you came to Adventist church. You baptized, and you supposed to sign a document there that you should not drink. So that's enough. I mean, if you, if you didn't sign that, you are not Adventist. So <laughs> that's a weak point, but <laughs> okay, you have a... Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Okay, let's go for it. Um, the Adventists are famous for longevity. They have uh, five behaviors that are shown to increase uh, the lifespan for um, at least uh, 10 years. Not smoking, eating a plant-based diet, eating nuts uh, several times per week, regular exercise, and maintaining a normal body, body weight. Um, the first uh, Adventist study that was done in 58 to 66, he compared Adventists in California to other, uh, other people that are outside of the church, and they found that uh, Adventists have uh, the, the risk of cancer in Adventists was 21%. That, that means if they have 100 cases there in, in, in the other Californias, Adventists will have just 21. So that's the comparison. And, and the same for uh, colorectal cancer, uh, breast cancer, and then uh, coronary heart disease, uh, 66 and 91, 98%. This is the one that they have also very lower uh, rates for, for those that are vegan. And then, uh, but uh, they have just a few guys there that were vegan in this study, so they could not make uh, any uh, inference because of the sample size. Um, the Adventist Health Study 1, again, the most benefit uh, uh, foods on that was nuts, whole grain bread, tomatoes, soy milk, fruits, and legumes. So those are, there was no benefit uh, coming from animal foods in this study. So this is good for us. And there was no uh, side effect of soy milk drinking. Uh, now we have all this pressure against soy milk, but uh, I believe this pressure comes from the dairy, dairy industry or the uh, whatever industry that is pushing against that. So I don't believe that soy milk has any, any trouble. Uh, and Patrick can, can, can confirm that because in China, we, they survive with soy milk and Japan and Korea, and then the rates of cancers are, are much lower there. Is that this is there, the last one of the last pages, if not the last. It's there. Trust me. Trust me. Well, at least at least one time. <laughs> Adventist Health Study uh, one, the the funds on uh, the findings on red meat. Red meat was associated with uh, colon, uh, colon cancer, heart attack, and diabetes. It was. To my knowledge, the first study that made a correlation between red meat and diabetes, that now is becoming more common. 
and they probably believe that the red meat will produce a more inflammation and uh, it stimulate the, the, the uh, fat in the belly that produce uh, uh, inflammatory mechanisms to uh, break the cell receptor, insulin cell receptor. So let's go now by the Adventist uh, study number two. 96,000 Adventists over uh, 30 years, um, 1,500 over the age of 90. Can you believe that? 1,500, that this is gonna be for sure the biggest longevity studies all done because there's a lot of people that are old here. And that's, that is the call for the blue zone because blue zone, we, we talk about blue zone, um, that Loma Linda is the blue zone, but it's not Loma Linda. It's the Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, I, I have an uncle in south of Brazil that, uh, he, he, in fact, he is, uh, is uh, my uh, great uh, uncle. He was a brother of my grandmother, and he, he died two months before completing 100 years with 99. And then he belongs to the blue zone because he was uh, in the church and he was uh, following all, most of our principles he follow uh, um, to, the, to the book. And then, uh, and then you might have relatives in your own family that are, uh, that are living longer. And mostly uh, this is related to, to our lifestyle. 26.9% of this group here are uh, African-Americans. Mostly this study will check on African-Americans and whites, a little bit of Asians, and very few Hispanics because they didn't go to the Hispanics. They, they are thinking that we should develop a Hispanics uh, uh, advanced health study in this country as we are very uh, populated with Hispanics. And also includes Canada. Are you in that study? Oh, we have uh, an individual here, very famous, <laughs> that belonged to the Adventist Health Study. Anybody else is in the Adventist Study? Huh, so, okay. You are too? Oh, that's great. So maybe you should uh, come up here and talk about how long you took to fill up that questionnaire. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's like a book, it looks like you're... Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, they they try to do what they call um, um, calibration studies. So they send a sample of questions after two years to a group of two thousand to check uh, what is your habits and to see if matches what with what you did. And sometimes they will uh, mostly they do that in Loma Linda, but they will ask for blood samples to compare. Um, to do what they call uh, uh, markers. So if you said that you eat a lot of vitamin C, they will check the vitamin C level to see if it matches with uh, what you said. And, and so they call calibration studies. Okay, what is the, the um, well, we, we, you know about that, this is only definition. Um, but uh, what is the presence of those in the, in the study? 44% are um, non-vegetarian, uh, still not vegetarian. So for a church, it's not good. I mean, for health ministry, this is a, this is a challenge for us. So we, we need to promote this. 
and, and how we promote these uh, is, is a problem because once you, that's what I don't like the word vegan. When you mention vegan, people already shut down their, 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 their receptors, the ears or eyes, they don't wanna talk to us. So we have to approach this in a different way. And, and that's what uh, I like the, um, the full plate diet because they push for more fibers and push for more fibers and, and all of a sudden you don't have space for anything else. <laughs> and, and that should be our, our, our first message. Try to promote in your churches more vegetarian uh, type of foods. By the way, what is the main secret to promote vegetarianism? I asked this question in the um, childhood, childhood Obese Initiative and it took me a while for I get the right answer. So what is the main strategy to promote vegetarian type of foods? Yeah, I, I, to promote in your home, is that what you mean? Oh, invite people to your home to see how. But I think you got the, the it, it has to, it's taste. It's called culinary. Dr. Ornish published a book on vegetarian uh, food. And uh, who wrote that book? He went to the main chefs of restaurants in the United States, guys that are famous to make uh, food there. And, they, and then he said, uh, I want you to prepare uh, your menu here for me, lasagna, whatever, but you cannot use your ingredients. I, I will give you the list of ingredients. You prepare with this. And then he, I used to have that book, but was one of the best, uh, oh, maybe it, it might not, uh, not all Ornish stuff is our stuff because they, I think he used a little bit of fish oil and, and fish sometimes. But, but anyways, that's a secret. So if you wanna promote a good food, you have to, 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 it have to be tasteful, otherwise uh, nobody's gonna eat. Yeah. Yeah. So is it? But uh, you see here that most of them are lacto-ovo. A little bit are vegan, and then you have the other two uh, category here. Um, pesco is uh, fish, fish vegetarians. I remember a pastor in my church, I asked him, are you vegetarian? And then he said, well, considering that 80% of the food in my diet comes from vegetables, I am vegetarian. Of the other 20%, I don't know what's there. But <laughs> so among the, the African-Americans, there's even a lower amount of, of vegetarians. So semi-vegetarian are those that uh, eat once in a while. So they, they, they don't consider themselves vegetarian, but they don't eat meat every day. So if you consider these, I mean, the group is not, uh, is not that bad. Okay, so then they, they come statistics here that we have now comparing to uh, the type of diet that they follow. So this is, uh, I think I mentioned that, that uh, if you are not vegetarian in this category, compared to those that are vegan, there is a difference of 30 pounds here in your weight. 
um, with the same, uh, approximately same uh, size, same high, with an age, approximate age of 60. So the same thing here for men. Uh, uh, so as you use uh, less of those, you, you have uh, a, lower, a lower weight. Why is that? Why, why do you think there is a difference? Why vegetarians would... would Okay, that's one cause. Fruits and vegetables, l lower cause. But some, some. I think, I think, I think that's the, the main thing. When once once you are here in these categories here, you are more vegetarian. You are more concerned about health. Here you are not. And then, even though some are here uh, in lacto-ovo vegetarian, they might not be that concerned. But. Uh, even though uh, there is a, a difference between uh, being lacto-ovo and, and vegan that is uh, significant here. So it's still better to, to go in lower levels there. Um, in blacks, uh, in, uh, in African-Americans, we have uh, the same difference mostly, even a little more accentuated in, uh, in women than in men. And you see here, the lacto-ovos have uh, more uh, weight than, uh, than the ones that are PESCO. So PESCO and lacto-ovo are very close there. So it means that I, well, these guys here are, are, are PESCO and lacto-ovo, okay? They are not just PESCO. You see, I'm not sure if you understood. These guys, they, don't, they just don't eat uh, fish. But this guy, they, they don't eat uh, uh, Mostly they don't eat uh, uh, red meat and chicken, but they eat the rest. Question? I, I was just going to say, 153 pounds still makes it a little heavy for a vegan, but do you think for that height? For that height? Yeah. But remember, this is uh, postmenopause women. Postmenopause women, their the weight is... Uh, and these are Americans, okay? Welcome to America. <laughs> Uh, so now they measure body fat index, uh, body mass index that uh, the, I already mentioned what is that. So it will be the weight in kilograms over the height in meters. And then they made the same comparison. You see that uh, uh, vegans are lower weight. Uh, for, non, for white males uh, also, this is uh, white females, white males. Uh, black uh, uh, African Americans, females, um, African American, female. Here the difference is not uh, that big well, between vegan, even vegan and lacto-ovo are not different here. Uh, but uh, for for males, the difference is is big compared to all all types of. Uh, so dietary status and disease. So now they compare what happened here. Uh, the closer participants were to being vegetarian or vegan, the lower risk of diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, metabolic symptoms. That's what we want to see. Cholesterol. That's one thing very interesting. There is no much difference between vegan and lacto-ovo in terms of cholesterol here. And the difference between PESCO and non-vegetarian non are, 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 are really big. But this one, uh, it, it didn't show any difference. So it, it shows some... The concept here, it, it might be that uh, 
is not that uh, uh, animal food will increase the cholesterol here, but uh, it, it looks like how healthy is your diet. I believe if they, if they do a vegan uh, or lacto-ovum, they should classify another here, another category would be healthy diet. Even a, a lacto-ovo can be healthy if you don't abuse, if you, only, if you don't eat a three time, pizza three times a day. But you use pizza once a, once a month or whatever in a party. Well, well I'm not pushing for that, but I'm saying that uh, I, I don't remember when I ate my last pizza. I don't... Uh, or this is, if, you, if you're vegan and then once a month you eat cheese, your cholesterol is not going to improve that much in a test. I mean, increase, you mean? Yeah, increase. You mean increase or improve? It's, no, it's, it's not going to lower if you're a vegan if you're cheating occasionally. Well, well, that's not what's saying here, but uh, you, you are... You are Disputing this, is that right? No, I'm just saying a vegan will not lower his cholesterol if he's cheating. Ah, now, yeah, yeah. Now I got it. Now, now you are in the in the way here. Yeah, but we are not pushing for that because the argument that uh, that Hans Deal and all these guys use is that one, this this stuff might be addictive. If you go to that once in a while, you might stay there. So. You have to balance that, and uh, it, it's, I don't believe on that. I, 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 I don't eat, my, 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 my thing is that I don't eat in my house, I don't eat those things, I am completely vegan. But if I have to go to a party, or if I have to go to a restaurant, and, and sometimes I have to make a big fuss to not eat and this and this and this and this and this. I remember I was in a, uh, it was a, was my son, uh, engagement, and then the pastor came there, and the pastor was vegan, and all the pizzas were not vegan, and he created a big fuss. They have to cook a special pizza for this guy without, so only with vegetables, and took a, a long time, and so I thought, goodness grace, I mean, for just once, forget about that, or, don't, or, or scrap the cheese, or whatever you do there, but don't make a big fuss on that, because this will turn people away from you. They say, well, you see, this guy is so fanatic that he cannot socialize with us. Jesus Christ came to this world and he ate fish. That's the argument that they use to be Pesco vegetarian, by the way, and to not be vegetarian. So, but I believe Jesus Christ is the same Jesus Christ that is promoting us to be vegetarian. So don't, don't take it wrong. But the thing is that we have to adjust things and, and well... But this is my opinion. You, you, you listen and you decide by yourself. Hypertension in whites. Vegan, you see the difference here. Now we have the big difference now. It's uh, half of the, the level. So uh, someone was mentioned that I, one of you, that we should start a hypertension clinic. If you go by the DASH diet, the, I mentioned what's DASH diet already here, huh? that they, they push for eight to 10 servings of vegetables, and that, and that will make a difference here, no doubts about that. But uh, uh, 
This is in number in whites. In in uh, in Amer African Americans, the difference is not big. And by the way, African Americans have more hypertension than whites. Okay, what's the characteristics of uh, vegans? They sleep uh, more. They watch less TV. They consume less saturated fat. Um, Eat more fruits and vegetables, eat fruits uh, with a low glycemic index. Beans, legumes, and nuts. You know, they put in the article beans and legumes, and I like that. Because uh, they are just emphasizing the same thing. <laughs> it's not just beans, you have to use legumes, and then uh, legumes and legumes. Uh, but uh, in fact, those are the same. Uh, uh, and I believe uh, I like this because is what we are, I even hadn't, uh, haven't read these before I start being Dr. Bean. Not Mr. Bean, okay, Dr. Bean. For those that know, I, one time I present uh, Mr. Bean in Hong Kong and I made a lecture about that and people love it because I put the guy there. Then I came to America and I put the guy on the, on the presentation and people look at me, Who's that? <laughs> so if you're not British oriented, you don't know much about Mr. Bean. That is a comedian, uh, I think you, yeah. <laughs> uh, physical and mental quality. Advanced report better quality of life than, than US norms. So what is the quality of life that they report in this questionnaire? So you see here that uh, the black Adventists and non-black Adventists, they have uh, both of them better quality of life than the US norm in general. So uh, physical health, also for males, a better quality. Uh, mental health, again, for both of them, uh, a, better, a better quality. Um, for males, um, mental health, superior quality than the normal population. And, and that's the, the, the summary. Health advantages uh, are more conforming advance over many years is remarkable. Vegans and lacto-ovo-vegetarians have less obesity, low blood pressure, high cholesterol, and fewer lifestyle disease. This is a very preliminary study because we, we don't have uh, much publication on that yet. The causes are not all, uh, all understood. Uh, but dietary factors are clearly important. So you see here that for blood pressure, the best way is vegan. So that's a good, so that's a good point. Um, the vegetarian dietary habit is broadly protective. This is due to absence of meat and also extra fruits and vegetables and nuts. The results of uh, acting advantages are open to all. That's what they, if you go, you have the website there and they have this phrase. And, and that's our business here. This is not for us to keep to us. This is for us to go to the community and promote it. Uh, and uh, when we do so, I, what you can do, I will not stay here because you know I like this thing. Tell, tell your neighbors what to do. I have this video, but um, I'll try later on if we see if we, if we can uh, have um, because I was in the halls here and I was getting a, a internet, so. But they block some, some place they block, so. Anyways, um, the video that I had today was about Dan Butner. Who is Dan Butner? 
no recalls. Dan Butner, journalist. I think you are confounding with somebody else, but uh, he, he came here. Yeah. Yeah. Then Butner was the blue zone guy. He was the one that invented the blue zone guy, blue zone idea. What's blue zone? Is places in the world that they have less, uh, that they have longevity. People are are, are living longer. And then he went to Sardinia in Italy. Italy. He went to uh, uh, Okinawa in Japan. And then uh, he, he went to Loma Linda. And then in Loma Linda, he was reporting this. And so he attested that our lifestyle is a good one. Then after that, uh, he published a book. Then Butner, I will put the name here for you, for you to buy that book. I want you to buy that book. Every single one of you should have that book. And, uh, and I will, I will tell you the reason for that. Blue zones are the. Let's see here. Uh, blue zones means uh, places in the world with a, a lot of percentage of uh, um, centenarians. The people that live uh, uh, around 100 years. If you can copy, I think this is in your in your handout, so don't worry much about that. This one is this this address here is in your handouts, but this is where you can. Uh, watch the video. But uh, what I want you to, to buy is the Blue Zones, and, and then the name is that Lessons from People That Live the Longest in the Earth, or something like that. And the author is Dan Buitner. I'm not sure if it's two T's, but uh, I'll risk two T's. Maybe not. Okay, so I want you, how much was that? Yeah, so go there, where was that? You don't have the book there for, for any chance, you don't have the book with you. Yeah. When you open the book, a little bit in the middle of this book, because this guy was not advanced, okay? In the middle of this book you open, there is a picture of Ellen White. And that, well, that would be good if you can do. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And then, I uh, appreciate that, because this would be something for us to use as a health ministry, something. The most that you can use people from outside that is using our material or people outside that are talking about us or material from outside that, has, that is confirming what we have the best and that's, uh, and that's uh, uh, regarding the blue zones. So, so 
Yes, in 2005, he, he went to these uh, zones and published in the National Geographic. The book is, uh, ed is what do you call, uh, no, it's editor, um, published, published by the National Geographic. So it is it, in the same line. And guess what? They are in Iowa. Yeah, you can buy in Amazon.com. Yeah, you just Google and you can buy in Amazon.com. Yeah, um, he wrote he wrote another book now that is uh, Happiness in the Blue Zones or something like that. That's uh, the newest one. But uh, they have a project. This guy is very business-minded, and then uh, I'm not sure if you heard about the Iowa Blue Zone project. So what they are doing in Iowa and the government. Anybody from Iowa here? Yeah, I should visit that. The government of the city designed a, a, a grant of $28 million for the state to develop blue zones. And he contracted Dan Butner with his experience of these blue zones to promote these lifestyles in several cities that apply for the blue zone project. So they are developing blue zones in Iowa because Iowa is really messed up. It's one of the worst, and I'm not sure if it's worse than Mississippi. Maybe not in childhood obesity, but the rates of disease and the rates of adult obesity is complicated. It's, it's very high there, and so they said, well, we will turn this around. And then they contract with Dan Butner, and they are doing this big grant. Uh, there is a, a Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and uh, three or four health insurance that are together in this grant, promoting this in the state. So it's, isn't that something amazing? Now they are, it's a shame on us that we are still, we, people go to Loma Linda and say, okay, uh, let's approve McDonald's here. Because we, we, are, we are not speaking up. But uh, again, it's not just Loma Linda. We should go and we should do more for our communities. Uh, and we, we are figuring it out, uh, and that's what I'm involved with McDonald's, because health promotion for years have, has focused on groups and individuals. And we try to change a behavior, we try to change a behavior. All of a sudden, they put a park in a city, and they structure a city close to a supermarket, and they have better results than we have one by one. So uh, that's something interesting. but. As public health officials, public health uh, uh, people, we should go with the green movement also. Not be maybe activists, but we should go with them to promote better environment for, for our neighborhoods. I don't disagree with that. No, they are doing in Iowa. Mississippi, uh, uh, I think they have to do something, otherwise the state is going to clog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I talked to the other folk, uh, folk there that was going to bring me to, to Mississippi. Uh, the other, uh, he is in another class. He talked to me in, in the morning and said, well, give me your card. I'm going to bring you to, the, to Mississippi to do something to help us. Not just me. He, he's contracting to several other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, it's the Adventist Health Study. Uh, for the, among the Chinese, the Buddhists, they are vegan, a lot, a lot of vegan. But a lot of heart disease, a lot of cancer, a lot of heart attack. 
Yeah, but I mean, do you know what kind of vegan they are? Yeah. I, I went to the Tao uh, temple in Hong Kong because they asked us to promote. What is happening is that most of the, the, the um, religions that are losing their, their, their vegetarian, most of the monks are using and And then they asked us to go there to, to promote a little more vegetarian because uh, we have similar. So I preached in the Taoist uh, uh, temple. Can you believe that? And then, but the food that they served was so messed up. All vegan, but I mean, was so much oil. They, they put everything is so fried and so it might be. And, and you saw, you saw the, the comparison about uh, vegan and non-vegan cholesterol, there is no difference. Probably uh, that's the effect. I mean, we are eating, uh, 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 if, if, if you are eating more, uh, eggs and milk might not increase that much as depends on how much oil or fat you are building up. And in my experience, it's not even oil and fat. Most of the cases, weight I already mentioned. Because the best way to drop, uh, to drop cholesterol is to decrease 10 pounds in the weight, or 10% of your weight. You will control most of the cholesterol that you have. Oh, they have a small one. I didn't know. My, my one is big. So 799. I think I'm going to buy these books and we'll sell them. Because it's, <laughs> I have my blue zone Sabbath school in my church. And, uh, and, uh, it's, so this is the guy, Dan uh, Butner. And this is the picture of Henry White. So when, when I first took this book and I say, well, this is a re review and herald. Yeah, every review and herald. That's a, then I said, but it cannot be. <laughs> and so we can use in church uh, even to promote, because another issue is how to promote health in our church. This is very good to promote health in our churches, because our churches are getting behind some of them. And we... Yeah, so I will pass around it for you. I will, I will pass around the book, but uh, you give back to her, okay? Okay, let's go back to, to our lecture. We have uh, two more to go, and we have two hours, one hour for each one. Um, I need someone to, to, to time myself when I finish one hour. You have to tell me to stop. Who is going to time? Okay, for one hour we finish this one. So let's go because this will have a lot of discussion. But I would like to I I, I would like to start with this story here. Uh, many years ago, I have a, a, a girl in my office, uh, Cindy. Her mother brought her to us. She was 10 years old. She had a nodule in her chest. Uh, 
normally I would do small surgeries to take nodules, warts, and things like that, but uh, this was not in the breast, was in the chest, in the middle, and very hard thing. And, 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 and uh, I told her, well, this is not for me. We have to send to this. So I refer her to a surgeon, and it was a lymphoma, non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Non-Hodgkin lymphoma, you know, it's very complicated. Uh, she went and performed a surgery in the Sao Paulo Adventist Hospital. After a couple of days, her mother came with her again to my office after the surgery, and then she asked me for a diet for cancer because nobody has these diets for cancer. The doctor, nobody, no doctors talk about that, unfortunately. So they say, well, you do the surgery and you can eat whatever. And so that, that's terrible. I told her to follow a diet of fruits and vegetables, uh, the diet that I will promote in the end of this session, uh, the detox diet. So only uh, raw foods for one week, and then we start adding uh, a little bit of, but uh, total, totally vegan, um, without any animal product. So, and she, and she did, and papaya was the main food that she was eating. After a couple of months, uh, month, so, sorry about the mops here, Cindy <laughs> returned to the surgeon for a follow-up. And so the surgeon was an Adventist surgeon in an Adventist hospital. And then he asked the mother, what is the treatment that she's doing? And she said, uh, Dr. Dos Santos diet. And she said, no, forget about that. I'm, I'm talking about the oncologist. What did the oncologist said? Because she might need chemotherapy, radiotherapy to this cancer is not a play. And then uh, he was thinking that uh, she should go for chemotherapy. Uh, you must take Cindy right away to Sao Paulo Cancer Institute. This is not a disease to treat with diet and fruits. She needs chemotherapy, okay? Well, she, she didn't know better. She went to the hospital. So she went to Sao Paulo Cancer, what's the name of the institute there? It's uh, close to uh, Adventist Hospital, there is a uh, Hospital do Cancer, it's Hospital do Cancer. I thought there was another name. Okay, she, she went to Sao Paulo Cancer Hospital. And then the oncologist examined Cindy and checked the pathology reports that uh, the surgeon sent. And then he asked, what kind of chemotherapy is Cindy doing? And then she said, no, only the vegan diet of Dr. Dos Santos. They want to put me, put me in jail for that. <laughs> and the doctor is smiling and said, who is this Dr. Dos Santos? <laughs> and then he checked again, and then he said, Cindy has a, virus, a very serious types of can, type of cancer, and the treatment that I have is not going to help at all. Whatever diet she's following, keep it on, keep it on and it looks like she, it, it's working. Keep it up. Huh? So I have to change that. <laughs> so uh, for more than 15 years, I, until now, I, I haven't heard that, but uh, surgery and diet was the only secret. Amen. So this is, uh, was a good case. I mean, not, not common case, but uh, not all the cases are like that. But uh, it, was, it was a very interesting one. Uh, can diet c cure cancer? Well, there is no studies that prove that with evidence, uh, but um, 
we, the evidence that we use for prevention, we use for healing. So after you have all of this background that fruits and vegetables and fruits that prevent angiogenesis, fruits that uh, increase the, the, the activity of, of uh, uh, phase one enzymes and block the, the, the phase two enzymes and, and help the P53 and help other things. So we might use those, the treatment too, and that, that's my, my reasoning. Even though we don't have that evidence in treatment because maybe we go to jail in this country if we tell a patient not to use chemotherapy and do um, uh, a vegan diet or whatever. Uh, that's why I, I, I mentioned to you, we advise them to go for a good diet, no matter what treatment they do. And now we are having evidence that even with chemotherapy, radiotherapy, with a good diet, they might have uh, a help. Um, that's what, question. Have you uh, seen any results of a good diet after a person acquires cancer? I don't know if you made that statement, but after they acquire cancer. And if you hey, well, weren't you here? Did you leave the, the room or? I just, I just told the case here. I don't. I think I think someone is. Uh, uh, no, you have to wake up. <laughs> Not two. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do you understand what he's asking you? Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I missing something? Or no? Yeah, yeah. That's what I understood. But I mean, we, 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 we just showed the case. So, but what? Well, <laughs> so what we saying here is that we. Uh, we could not offer a diet as a substitute right. because of the regulations that they have. Should we do that? Shouldn't we do that? And the problem here is the regulations in this country, one. Second is that cancer is a very complicated disease. So we never know which phase the person will turn down or, 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 or not. Then if you do chemotherapy, most likely they will die. If you don't do chemotherapy, they might die and they might not. But if they do chemotherapy, they die, you are okay. If you don't do chemotherapy and they die, you will go to jail. <laughs> so that's the situation in the country. So it's messed up, I mean, but, uh, but that's uh, We have the Gerson Therapy Clinic that I will mention something about that. They don't have good evidence of, of cancer treatment, but, uh, but they treat uh, uh, stage four cancers. And guess where they are now? They were banned from the United States. They are in Tijuana, Mexico. They are in Tijuana, Mexico. They have, a, they have an office in San Diego, and so they can jump in the, the border and, and put the cancer patients there, because in Mexico, nobody will bother you about that. Okay, um, other causes of cancer. So we have to be careful that sometimes people focus on those things, and they forget the, the ones that are more important. Uh, so far, nobody make uh, any uh, evidence, uh, at least in the studies that we know about uh, uh, electrical lines and cancer. Cell phone. Cell phone is a mess. But uh, 
is still no evidence uh, in epidemiologic studies. There is a couple of studies in Europe that, uh, uh, that are pushing for that. The WHO is also advising people to be careful because there is a relationship with one type of cancer I will show. But um, the thing is that there are two points here. First is that uh, brain cancer is a very rare type of cancer that is not increasing uh, in, in the epidemic. So to compare to the craziness of using cell phone that is in this country and everywhere, we should have a shh in, in the use of, uh, in the rates of brain cancer. So that's one, uh, one thing. The other is that the, the non-ionizing, because we have ionizing and non-ionizing uh, waves of, uh, of the cell phone and microwaves are not enough to, to cause mutations. So we don't have a mechanism that is strong. What uh, the cell phone mostly causes is increased temperature. So when you put here, it will increase the temperature. They have some studies that increase glucose metabolism in this area of the, of the brain. But even with that, uh, um, even that, uh, it, it does not match with, uh, with the evidence. So the International Agency for Research on Cancer, that is the WHO, is classified radio frequency as we have in, in, in cell phones, are possibly carcinogenic to humans. So this is very uh, complicated. Based on limited evidence from human studies, limited evidence from studies from radio frequency energy and cancer in rodents and weak mechanism of what are everything that I mentioned here. If you go to the site of a National Cancer Institute and then you you, you put cellular phone on cancer, you have a list of that, of failure on this because of this study. So maybe you say, well, who is paying for this research and who is not paying? And, uh, I don't know, but at least that's the stance now that we don't have uh, evidence enough. I mentioned about that the, 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 in the evidence uh, uh, in the United States, brain cancer is, um, they have uh, 22,000 new diagnoses and, and 13,000 deaths for brain uh, for 2011. But um, it hasn't been increased, so that's, that's the point. Uh, well, compared to, to, to other cancers, it's rare. We, we, we are talking about millions of cases here, but. Uh, but what, uh, what uh, they are saying is that this is not, this is being like uh, the same level for years and years and years. So that, that, that's the main point. But uh, it's, it's, it's rare to make, um, to make uh, statistics because uh, these cases are spread out around the country and then um, no, not, not very many things in common with the patients. Well, I mentioned about an ionizing and, and, and non-ionizing that uh, radar, microwave ovens, and other sources are uh, no consistent evidence that uh, these increase cancer risk because they don't have a mechanism uh, enough to produce uh, mutations. So if you don't believe on that, if you think that, hey, this causes cancer, what you should do? The, what they advise the WHO is that uh, you start do less 
use your cell phone less, and I even left my cell phone in my room, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> use a hands-free device, which places more distance between the phone and the head of the user. And I like this one, but we'll create a mess with your pastors, because they are creating a hand device, a hands-free device that are little jewelry type, and the, the, the girls will like it. But we'll, we'll make a, something on. But anyways, that's the advice. And I, I think the other advice is children. I mean, children should not have cell phones. Excuse me. Or if they have cell phones, I mean, they should have just for emergency and not. Uh, today we see children that they are, I mean, kids. I mean, six, uh, yeah, six or less years old, they are with their phones and talking. Uh, the good thing, though, is that they are texting more than anything else. That's good. The, the most that they text, maybe we should have phones just for texting. And it would be much better. I don't understand why they are texting. I mean, it's much easier to talk on the phone, but uh, you see some weird. Yeah, that, you, can, you, uh, you can be in church. That's a good one. I can be in church and ch 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 Well, I think if texting in church, I don't think that is bad. it's bad. <laughs> so now, now you, you got me. Uh, <laughs> I frequently text in church. Oh, yeah. So is it a sin? Well, yeah, but I mean, if someone calls me and I have to respond, I mean, if uh, not a patient, but a, a, a wife. <laughs> I think is, uh, uh, well, I think you should not be so too strict. I mean, I, I don't stay the whole sermon texting, okay? <laughs> I just say yes. Boom, boom, and that's it. So that's okay. Yeah, so, or no, and that's it. So we don't need to be so strict. I mean, that's a problem. I mean, if you eat a little bit, you are in trouble, so... But, I mean, kids are doing that all the time. Kids are, are playing video games all the time. In, in the, so you have to, to know that. I mean, you have to... Uh, go ahead. The uh, electrical wires run over here. A lot of the community builders that build these homes, they don't buy property when they have uh, Latin areas. They say they're fearful of that. Yeah, many people are fearful for that. But... Um, so far, we don't have. It might have some effects. It might not, it might not be on the, on the cancer level. It might, might be other influence, mental, psychological, whatever. I have one guy that have a, a, a nasopharyngeal cancer in, a, in Hong Kong, and he, was, he used to live in a, in a building that have at least 10 phone antennas in there because the companies rented the place to put the antennas to transmit. And they were saying, well, this is what is caused his cancer. Yeah, but now we send the phone box to the evangelist college. Yeah. And then on top of the building. Yeah, that's the same. You saw that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the same. And then the, the people come and join the health program and Facebook and all that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's continue. I mean, we, are, we have to, to, to go with it. Uh, magnetic fields and cancer, electric lines, and so this, this is what there is no connection with cancer. And then uh, even in Long Island, 
that remember I mentioned about breast cancer in Long, in Long Island that might have relationship with uh, DDT and PCB, but not with uh, the, the lines. But TV can cause cancer. Watching TV, electronics, video games, and computers are sedentary activities that increase obesity. <laughs> obesity increases the risk of cancer over a uterine prostate, colon, rectum. So we have evidence that are very clear, <laughs> indirect. But uh, when, when I was in, in school, they, they used to present a, a slide like that, that breast cancer increase as uh, cells, TV sales increase in a country. And then they said, see, this is the problem with statistics. If you do some like that, you cannot prove anything because it might be a coincidence. Now we know that it might be true because if they have more TV, they will do less exercise. So let's talk about uh, uh, treatment. So this is one uh, chart cartilage. Um, the Anderson Cancer uh, Center in Texas, this is one of the biggest centers in the country to treat cancer. And then uh, they, they uh, made uh, uh, an analysis of, uh, of people with that, and then they didn't find any positive effect of cancer uh, shark cartilage. Um, Lateral was done in, uh, I think it was in Cal California, also promoted by the cancer, um, the cancer uh, American Cancer Society. By the way, when they start doing this, uh, this treatment, they want to check people that was using Liatril. So they went to the health pharmacists and bought all the Liatril that they have and brought to the laboratory, the pills and the extracts, and they found no Liatril there. No. So that's the problem with our supplements. Some, some of supplements are fake. So they have to go, because Liatril comes from apricots, from the seeds of apricot. They have to go to farms and, uh, and extract the Liatril from that and produce their own medication, put in a placebo control, and then made the test and made the test in rats and things like that. Don't forget that uh, if you eat uh, seeds of apricots, it can be poisoning. Okay, so it has some poison there. Anyways, it didn't help. Uh, Gerson therapy. Gerson's therapy is the one that I mentioned, Gerson's uh, Cancer Center, or Gerson's Cancer Institute. They, they have a vegetarian diet, diet. They use 13 cups of fresh and fruits juice per day. They have some minerals and supplements. And this is just a summary, because they, the treatment is a little more complicated than that. And they use flaxseed, and then they coffee enema. Um, was no, I mean, scientifically, they don't have in, uh, cancer in general, but they have individual cases that are healed, and mostly they have stage four cancers that were healed. So I give a little, uh, a little bit of uh, credit for this because, uh, in fact, they, they, I mean, stage four, what you can do for stage four? It's a metastatic type of cancer. I mean, they will die no matter what. Um, I have one of my friends that uh, I will show you uh, the, the case here somewhere, that he died from uh, colon cancer. And when I, I, I have a titling, and I am a certified nutrition specialist. When I did my test, I talked to the uh, president of the College of American Nutrition, uh, CN College, American College of Nutrition, ACN. 
And then uh, he know that guy. And he said, he came to my clinic, and I gave him the treatment for cancer that we promote, and I gave the supplements and all the Chinese herbs. But his wife didn't agree with that. He said that was not scientific. The guy was stage four, and they refused this treatment. And then he said, well, but uh, that's the point. I mean, once you don't have any other hope, when, when you, can, you might try those things, and uh, if it's natural, why not? I, I don't see any problem with that. So that, that's my point, and that's the point that many physicians uh, miss, because they say, no, it has to be scientific, it has to be evidence. Well, what is the evidence for chemotherapy? I mean, it's, 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 it's a hard, hard cause to, to, to make evidence for that. So my cousin went to the Gerson, to the Gerson Center. He was 24 years old. He, he has a kidney cancer that was inoperable. And then uh, he went there, he recovered, he, and he didn't do any surgery. And uh, he is alive until today in Brazil. He came from Brazil here, and he, but he is vegetarian, total vegetarian. He follows a strict diet, and he is doing very well with that. So. See? No, he didn't have surgery. This, this guy, it was not my, uh, on that time I was just graduate, so I didn't have much. And I'm not sure if I will, would send him there, but. Uh, yeah, because in this case, in this case, yeah. It, it would not be operable if, even that, so. But I, here, alternative would be chemotherapy. I think he gave up. Yeah, I agree. I talked to a patient, I talked to an oncologist in Loma Linda about that one time, and then I, I said, well, can we check on that? Can we do some uh, research and, and, and get it? And then he said, well, it's too hard to get cancer, cancer, uh, cancer patients. Uh, uh, I like your study, but it has, uh, you have to have money, you have to have these and these and these and these. He put all the blocks on me, I said, okay. And his, the, his wife died from cancer a couple of months up. He was not Adventist. He, yeah. But um, anyways, so now we have a picture here for um, our, our clinic that we have our doctor here that is from the clinic. Uh, she is from the clinic here. She's a doctor there from, uh, oh, I forgot her first name. Uh, we did uh, Gerson's therapy there in the beginning. We are not doing that, but uh, the, the treatment is still uh, vegetarian and, uh, and uh, vegan and very good. But uh, the thing is that most of the cases that we got there, I mean, were very, very advanced cases, very hard to make treatment. They are amputated and they are already uh, exhausted from chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and surgeries. And, but um, this is your clinic here, as it was. I should update this. Uh, uh, this was taken in. Uh, I don't know, I mean, how, how, how many years ago. By the way, we, have, we used to have a postcard like that, that I made, and we promote that. You have a question? Okay. Oh, I have a modern uh, picture, okay? Uh, this is the clinic now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's much... Uh, 
Well, I don't know if they treat cancer itself uh, as it is. I, I think what happened in my time, we, we started having so many people dying there, and then people didn't want to go anymore. So I'm going to go there, and I, I'm doing a, a change on diet, and, uh, and I'm trying to change my lifestyle. All of a sudden, there is a coughing passing around here. It's, it sounds very bad for a lifestyle. So I was the director of the clinic for seven years. This clinic here, I was the director of this clinic for seven years. They die in my hands. I mean, people die there. People die in those, in those places. So. Yeah, but I mean, it's not a discourage. Yeah, but I mean, you have to understand the situation. I mean, if you have, uh, you have to focus uh, on, on one or another case. So even uh, Uchi Pines have a hard time with that. They have to do that, but they have to do it in the hidden because uh, I was calling the Conselho Regional de Medicina, the federal med, uh, state uh, council of medicine two times on that time. Krushi didn't go, but I went two times there because of these natural treatments. But it was in Brazil? In Brazil. Yeah, because the general, med the general physicians, they don't agree with that. Well, anyways, uh, I should not stay much on that. Uh, wh what I'm saying is that uh, uh, you have to have a system, and then you have to balance things. If we focus too much on people that are dying, we might lose the others. So we have to make this balance. So where should we specialize? I believe if we have a center like Loma Linda and, and they are open to do that, we could have, because it needs a little more hospitalization when you have uh, terminal patients. And then, and that's what we decide to do. Well, I don't want any patients to die here. And it came to a point that uh, I, I, I would t tell the, 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 the family, oh, he, he can treat here, be treated here, but he might die. You have to be prepared for that. And say, what? I bring here not to die. And say, well, so then would, they would not bring it. They say, well, but uh, he might die or she might die. You have to be uh, aware of this. And then I save a little bit of, of the environment. But I believe this clinic is still on because we put a position there. I'll say, let's focus on people that are still, I still have chances. Yeah, 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 that, that's true. Sao Paulo is about uh, 30 miles from, uh, 40 miles from the capital, the, the state capital. Okay, uh, vitamins. Well, we don't have any evidence that vitamins will help in cancer. Uh, what I'm talking about is high doses of vitamins, uh, mega vitamins. Uh, but uh, again, I am open for that. Um, even though we don't have studies, it does not mean that they might not be, uh, uh, they might not work. Because we see that, uh, like the vitamin C with uh, Dr. Linus Pauling, he ended up healing everything with that. And then uh, they turned down everything that he did. And uh, he was a recipient of a Nobel Prize. But uh, people don't buy on this thing. But uh, 
we, we, we should not be that critic because, you know, why we take vitamin C when we are in, with a cold? We take two to five grams and, and we, most of us will, 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 will improve on that. So there is something for treatment that it might be good. But uh, this we, we, we need more time to, to go over. Malnutrition, we know that malnourishment or malnutrition can cause, uh, can decrease the immune system and might cause cancer. Um, and then we talk about that, that beta-carotene in pills uh, might increase the risk of cancer. Um, well, I, I mentioned that those vitamins here, lack of those vitamins might be related to cancer. Uh, I don't know, they mention about iron, but uh, uh, I'm not sure about that. But uh, it, it might be because if you don't have iron, you might not build up your, uh, at least the red blood cells. Uh, so too much of a good thing and too little of a good thing, it might be a problem. Go ahead. Thirty thousand? Yeah. Thirty thousand is not much. They they give fifty thousand. But then they solve the problem. He he solved the problem. No. Yeah. He died anyway. So. But, but uh, it is something that can be used. Um, yeah. Yeah. I already talk about that a lot. I already talked a lot about vitamin D already, yeah. There is some evidence for that. Okay, regular exercise uh, produce weight control and reduce the risk of breast cancer. By the way, this is uh, our group that did new start in Thailand. And this is uh, my friend Aaron Liu, you know him, né? Aaron Liu. And this is uh, Becky Moon. So this is my group in, when I was in Hong Kong. I have a hard time with this guy here. He, he, he did the new start, and uh, Mr. Wu, no, Mr. I forgot his name. But um, he, was doing, he was taking blood pressure pills, and his blood pressure was 90 for 60, 90 by 60. And I told him, we have to cut down the pills. And he said, no, I cannot stop the pill. The doctor said that I'm going to die if I cock the pill. And we fight and fight and fight and fight. And he was so asleep and so down. But uh, when he cut, when we, he ended up uh, agreeing with me. And then he improved. And in one week that we stayed there, he, he almost controlled his blood pressure with a, just a little bit of pill. And that's what we see there also in, in, some, in Brazil. In the, in the clinic, and, and uh, also in Weimar and Uchi Pines in Wildwood, that the blood pressure is the one that will drop uh, easier. And after you go for a walk, you can measure blood pressure. I have one guy in my clinic in Loma Linda. He came, and he has uh, 140 over 90. And then 
when I was talking to him, and we can use that, we went to a walk because one of the tests you have to walk one mile. When he came back, we talked about that, and, and then I said, you know, if I measure your blood pressure, now it's going to be lower. So that's the importance of exercise. I want to emphasize exercise. And he said, well, okay, let's measure. And it was 130 over 80. And then he said, you got me now. I am going to start exercising now. I'm going to even go walking home now. <laughs> so sometimes we need to use those things to, to help the, our patients. I already showed this uh, slide. Um, disease that cause cancer, we already covered that. Foods that are, uh, are related to prevention of cancer. So we have uh, um, garlic. And uh, one, one of the, the, the things that I read was uh, the, the two cities in China that they compare the risk of stomach cancer with uh, the city that eat more. They, 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 they smells more garlic in the, in the neighborhood. They have lower rates of uh, stomach cancer compared to those that don't use uh, uh, garlic. They invented, it's a joke, okay? A new children's food, half orange juice and half garlic. The baby grows healthy in both, but it's easy to find them at night. <laughs> Just go by this. <laughs> This is an old study, but they compare the types of cancers that are related to uh, fruits and vegetables intake. So lack of fruits and vegetables. You see that uh, in 16, this is the number, 15 of 16 studies prove that there is a relationship. And so, and so you have in others. So it's not total on that, but uh, look at Pankers. 11 studies, not, nine show the, the, the relationship. Uh, lung cancer even, and um, prostate cancer didn't show much on this. Uh, but probably uh, sometimes it's hard to make these studies because even Americans don't use them that much uh, fruits and vegetables. So you don't have a way to compare high intake with low intake if the intake is miserable intake. Should use a better word, but. Uh, but uh, 132 studies uh, over 170 show a relationship. We talk about uh, cabbage that produce uh, antioxidants, increase the GST that protects against bladder cancer. Um, this one in the cruciferous, they uh, ask, they, they have uh, um, a protection on, the, on this type of gene here that increase the risk of lung cancer. So, um, this is, is uh, fix the problem if you, if you have more cruciferous. Um, this is uh, uh, other mechanisms for different plants. And even acai from Brazil is, is, a, is a very good. But you don't need to go to Brazil. You don't need to spend a lot of money on this because blueberries and blackberries and uh, uh, prunes might be even stronger. So it's the same level. Uh, Shiitake mushrooms are being used against uh, breast, or they reduce the risk of breast and lung cancer. Um, you see, I will not talk much about that because oh, this is the antioxidants. I think that's the only time that I'm going to talk about antioxidants. That, and I put antioxidants because uh, I was doing a, um, a lecture on longevity. But uh, you compare this list with the list of fiber, and you have the same thing. Uh, the richest source of uh, antioxidants here are the small berries, prunes, 
Prunes is not a berry, but it's small and dark. Prunes, raisins, blue, black, blueberries, and blackberries. Then the second one would be the dark green leaves, like kale, spinach, Brussels sprouts, and alfalfa sprouts, and broccoli. So we should have in our diet daily more of these things um, to help us. And again, in that list, the only animal type of food is egg plant, not eggs, okay? We don't have any animal product here. Uh, so you, if you see the list of fiber, if you see the list of anti-angiogenesis foods, and you see the list of antioxidants, uh, most of them are from the vegetable kingdom. And that's good for us. We have several properties on, that, on those foods. Uh, now we go to another uh, way. There is terpenoids that um, also activate the GST that is a powerful antioxidant and uh, they, they made them uh, more soluble in water and th this might be found in this plant here. Which plant is that? Mint or peppermint. So we have peppermint, pep, uh, terpenoids in several seasonings or teas that we use. Uh, you might not know all of them, but we have lemongrass. Uh, I, I think one of you mentioned about what the lemongrass, what they are doing in uh, um, Israel. Israel, with a, they have a factory of lemongrass that is producing lemongrass for uh, the treatment of cancer, and they are they are big. They are exporting that, and they are. And lemongrass is really. Uh, is, is really a good, uh, a good herb. In Brazil, we, we call it saint herb. Saint, because it's a, yeah, saint herb. Uh, or saint grass, capim santo. So, yeah. And, and then we know that lemongrass, it, it helps to is a little, uh, I would say, is, is, helps you to sleep, is a little diuretic, is digestive, and uh, then it might have properties against cancer. And I read one study that it might help to drop your cholesterol. On the top of everything is a very rich in antioxidants. So the, the, the theory or the advice that we should use more Herbals, herbal teas, and we have from our from our tradition is a good thing. We should go back there. Melissa, Melissa is Melissa. I don't know is a is a translation, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know the if we have another name in. Uh, yeah, is the family of mint. Yeah, is the family of mint. By the way, Melissa has a property against herpes, labial herpes. They have, um, they have one, one um, cream that is made with Melissa. You know about the name? Meli... No, Melaluca, no, Melaluca. I have a story about Melaluca to share with you. Uh, anyways, let's go back here. Lemongrass? Well, you can, uh, the best way for me to prepare lemongrass, I, I introduced lemongrass to Hong Kong, can you believe that? 
And I thought lemongrass was native from my country. I cannot believe that. He was not. And I, because we have so many lemongrass there in south of Brazil, and I say, well, this is ours. When I come to China, Herbo's original from China and lemongrass was there. And I said, I can't believe that. <laughs> we use lemongrass in our clinic. We use a lot. And, uh, yeah, the, the thing what happened is that the Portuguese went to Macau went to, and, they, and they crossed over those things. And then they brought uh, tobacco to China and brought lemongrass to, <laughs> to yeah. So they spread out all uh, where they, 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 they went. And so we, we, the best way is if you have the fresh leaves, you smash them as much as possible. And then you put uh, uh, hot water and, uh, and stay there for five minutes, and you have a good, a good, a good tea. You can, br if you don't smash them, it's going to be hard to get the, the oils there. But uh, if you cook a lot, you, but uh, lemongrass in China, though, is not used as a tea. They use in cooking. They use the, the lower part of it, and they use uh, Thailand, Thai cuisine, and, and, and even in China, they use more of this for making soups and put a taste in soup. So when I brought the tea and I said, well, I'm going to teach the Chinese to use their own herbs. It was funny. <laughs> it was funny because we made a pot like that in my church as I have a health evangelism group, a pot like that, and we serve lemongrass for everyone. And, and, and they like it. They like it. It lowered blood pressure also. They, they use the stem, yeah. The grass, I believe the grass has more things, but I cannot uh, for sure. Jamaica, that's good. Okay, um, let me just share you one, one, one information. The, this guy here, Dan Butner, visited uh, um, two more blue zones that he found after he wrote the book. He visited uh, one is in Costa Rica, he called Nicoya. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, very interesting, and uh, I am looking now to find a Nicoya Seventh-day Adventist. I might visit that country to see if they have a Seventh-day Adventist church. They have a college, they have a school there in Nicoya, and so maybe we bridge here two blue zones, eh? the Loma Linda one and, and, and the uh, South America, or Central America one. But the interesting thing is that they went to, um, and the, 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 the lifestyle is almost the same, is fruits and vegetables and exercise and nature and things like that. They don't use meat at all. Um, but then they went to Greece. They went to uh, Ikaria. Ikaria is an island in, in Greece. In Ikaria, Ikaria, I will write here for you to know. I thought it was Ikaria, but it is Ikaria. Ikaria. And then in Ikaria, they found that uh, they, eat, they drink more goat milk, they eat goat cheese, they don't eat much, much meat, but they use a lot of herbal teas. And then they said, well, these are characteristics of this. They have very low rates of uh, hypertension and strokes. 
and they said, most of these herbal teas, chamomile, mint, and thing, wild teas, they are diuretic, he was uh, the mechanism. And then they are direct, they help them to control their blood pressure. Of course, they are going up and down the, the hills, they are vegetarian, they're supposed to have low blood pressure. But uh, he mentioned about an effect of using those kind of teas. Other herbals that are having anti-cancer uh, properties, uh, if you know this guy from Andrews, he, he has a, a couple of books. That, Winston Craig, maybe you have something for sale, but he is good on that. Always researching the uh, anti-cancer herbals and, and foods. Uh, here we have a lemongrass, and he, he, the process that uh, uh, I, I sh just show you. Um, mostly there is a principle that I, uh, I used to teach in, in, for my clinics in the patient. If, if the herbal is fresh, the best way is to smash it and put hot water. If the herbal is dry, and then you better put either in a coction and, and leave there for, for a couple of hours to, to absorb the, the, the oils, or you boil a little bit more. Um, I, wherever I go, I have this in my, in my backyard. And that's another thing. We should have more natural things in our backyard, not just vegetables, but uh, those things. I mean, if you, if you have mint, if you have this, if you have... Uh, and, uh, how many of you have charcoal in your house? Oh, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> because sometimes I go, uh, I, I ask people in the church, I mean, do you have charcoal? And people say, what is charcoal? So we have to pass this to our, to, our, to our church and to our community because this is something that we have to have in our house. And I have a good experience to share with you with charcoal, but... Um, uh, we already talked about that. We, we talk, we, 10 minutes still? Okay. 10 minutes to finish that session. Um, we already talked about that. We already talked about that. And the cruciferous, uh, I mentioned that. Uh, Isothiocyanates that uh, block the enzyme, uh, phase one enzyme, or phase two enzymes. Um, chili pepper, this is a little confused now. We don't have much research on that, but um, I have a hard time to talk about that with the Hispanics. Yeah. And, uh, and now with the Jamaicans and Caribbeans, I mean, I'm gonna have the same hard time. In Brazil, I mean, north of Brazil, they use more pepper. South of Brazil, they don't use pepper. So I am from the south, so I'm okay. The point is that uh, in the study, in the book, if you go to the book, that's the situation. It might be one weak cause of cancer in the stomach. But, I, I, I don't have it, but it has a weak protection against bladder cancer. So, you have one good and one bad. One good and one bad. So I don't like when it's good and bad. So if you go to the Spirit of Prophecy, uh, she mentioned that we should avoid those spicy things, uh, things mostly if the, huh? Things that are hot when they're cold. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I was talking about that last time, and then one guy said, well, she was against the um, black pepper, but red pepper is another story. Well, in fact, there is no, she was against pepper at all. I mean, uh, I think she was against this idea that we have to, to have a very strong uh, 
burning sensation. Oh, you got in the right time. Just hold that. We have a picture time now. Okay. Just hold on there. We are, we are going to have that. Um, the point here is that, um, so if you go to the Spirit of Prophecy, I don't see any place that she said, and then I went to research that she said, you don't need to use black pepper, but red pepper is okay. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see that there. I saw a, a, an idea that is it's too spicy, avoid that. So you're not going to die if you eat pepper. But uh, it's something that we should not use every day. We should not uh, uh, build up uh, this in, in, our, in, our, in our diet. So. Uh-huh. And she was saying that they have found in the operation of the if they stay on the lining of the bowel, they can actually control the same bowel as well. And that's why they were recommending that it's best to avoid it. Best to avoid it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but anyways, uh, uh, in, my, in my opinion, I would... I will, uh, um, I would say to you, frankly, use a lot of bell pepper okay. and green peppers. Yeah, the cayenne pepper um, is, uh, is the one that I am not uh, uh, signing, signing up for that. So that's my opinion. I, I, I am an anti-pepper guy. But... Uh, Maybe I have to tell you, uh, and then I hide myself here, but uh, yeah, please <laughs> don't use. Uh, one day I was uh, doing this, this uh, lecture in a, in a Hispanic church, and then uh, the ladies, before I, I start talking, they said, oh, don't come here to talk against pepper. And say, it's going to be a little hard for me. But I, I don't, I, I put that for you. I believe that is not good. I mean, and I, but I don't, uh, if I eat once in a while, I don't have a problem with that. Okay, let's uh, set up for a picture here. Uh, let's see what I have more here. Um, I have to do that one still. I have to finish with that story. Um, so should we go in the front here? What do you think? Let's go. Let's go to the front here and, and set up an environment here. That's good. A class picture. So let's. Uh, hey Wes, you 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 think we will go by this way? I don't know if we. If he can take from there, because this table is going to be messed up. Huh? Hey, Mr. West. But you, you can go from that side? Okay. Well, I see, normally I sit with the ladies in the front here. <laughs> That's because people in the front, they, they want the, the massage. <laughs> can you pass this there? So maybe we have...
you have to accommodate uh, behind the chairs mostly, otherwise it's going to be too wide. Well, uh, the, the, the photographer will say, will say what is the best there. Uh. Is Okay, don't worry much. But, but then he's going to be behind this. Yeah, yeah. He said that everybody is in the picture. Is that so? We, we want those pictures that people are not ready, then we... I'm going to try another one. That's good. No problem. Very good. Can we have coffees, please? Uh, <laughs> tofu. Tofu. Very cheese. No tofu. Tofu cheese. <laughs> Didn't break the camera. Yeah, is that is that right? <laughs> that's that one. Yeah, that's good. Well, that one. No, you should have three, no? Yeah. Oh, come on. Let's take one more. Let's take one more with the group, so just in case, because that first one, that the people one? are are. are Okay, that's the second. Yeah, I just have the two. Yeah, but the first one, people are moving around. See, yeah. people are. So let's take one yeah. more just to. Okay. You, you can raise it. One more, one more. <laughs> okay, one more. Thank you, thank you. Okay, guys. So you just, hey. you just compose a picture? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the last class. No, no, no. We are not done yet. want to stay here. Okay, guys, let's go. Uh, five minutes. So this is five minutes, and this is, uh, I'm not, I might need to go more on this one because I have so important here. And then, then the other one, we, we cut short the other ones, okay? Well, this is my mother. She, uh, she was in Hong Kong Adventist Hospital visiting me in 2006. But uh, this is her name, Antonietta. And then um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and she was 79 or 77. Uh, uh, and then she, she was in Brazil and I was in China and then I told her, yeah, maybe, uh, she called me and said, well, um, what should I do, she asked me, and I said, well, follow whatever they are 
prescribing there, but I will do the diet, okay? And she, has, she, uh, she said, what will that be? And then I told her, well, we have, I, we have a detox or healing diet. There's lots of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, legumes, roots, nuts, seeds. So oh, that would be wonderful. And then I said, oh, hold on. No meat, no chicken, no fish, no eggs, no milk, no cheese, no sugar, no sweets, no fat, no oil, no white rice, no white bread, no pepper, no vinegar, no alcohol, no coffee, no soft drinks, no ice cream, and lots of fun. What? <laughs> I might not be able to follow that. <laughs> but, um, but she went. She went to surgery. She went to chemotherapy. Didn't lose her hair. And um, didn't have much pain. She recovered rapidly. And then several years, uh, seven years after the surgery, uh, she is 89, by the way. In, uh, in April, she is going to be 89. And then she is, yeah. Yeah, she is eating okay. She is uh, still falling. She's a little slow now, but uh, I, I'll bring uh, my my daughter is gonna get married in August, so she is gonna come for the for the uh, celebration, and uh, and then I found a boyfriend for her in Hong Kong. <laughs> this was in the Wax Museum, okay. So. <laughs> Okay, so this is the story of my mentor. It's another point that I want to make in cancer. This, uh, this guy was vegetarian, exercise, uh, lots of vegetables, not smoking, not drinking, good lifestyle, very bright professor, one professor that everybody likes. But he was full of stress. Lots of class research, teaching, trips, tripping, traveling every, uh, maybe traveling, tripping everywhere. Writing papers, revising, revising papers, no time for anything. He was uh, in charge of several different positions in the school and um, in committees. But he was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer, and one year he was dead. Sorry about this phrase here, but... Uh, but sometimes we think that is diet, sometimes we think that is uh, something in, in, in our lifestyle, exercise, and we forget that here we might mess up too. And our immune system is shut down when we are too stressed out. Okay, uh, I will not go there, but I wanna just talk a little bit of what we uh, promote is the detox diet. So this is what I promote for the, for the uh, patients with uh, any disease, but uh, if they want something for, for cancer. Um, the only thing is diabetes. I, I have a, a little hard time, but for everybody else, it's, it's good. Uh, and then it's uh, three to seven days with only raw foods, fruits, vegetable, fruit juice. Vegetable juice is one portion of one, one eight ounce cup, uh, cup that would be for, for you be 250 ml if you don't, uh, are, if you are not familiar with ounces, and plenty of water, six or more cups per day. So we used to do, I'm not sure if we still do that in the clinic, yeah? Yeah, we used to do that a, a lot for our patients in, the, in, in our clinic in Brazil. Uh, what kind of fruits? Uh, if you can do organic, better. Uh, avoid the nut or the avocado family that are a little uh, heavy on fat for this period, one week. 
and then berries, family better. Be careful with blueberry. Blueberry should be wild blueberry because it's, it's very rich in, anti, in, in pesticides. Hard skin, uh, if you don't have a, a, an organic uh, option, and those are the best fruits for, for hard skin. And then dark green vegetables better. Drink slowly and eat slowly. And then you can add one more portion if you are weak or if you are tired. Sometimes we add this to improve the, the, the detox. As is a detox, we add for one or two days or, two or three days, we put the herbs and we put some laxative there that are mostly those two. Uh, it's sometimes a, a, a little bit of a diuretics. You have this written in your uh, handouts. I'm not going to state that. Uh, but uh, if you have a problem with the bowel movement, so you better oranges with pulp is one of the best, and then second by prunes uh, or prune juice uh, is very good for that. Then the second week, you start adding a little bit of uh, nuts, and uh, then uh, we space the meals for four hours. You put uh, uh, dried fruits, but not those that are uh, added sugar. You, you, put, you put avocado and those that has a little vegetable fat, and then, um, and then you can, you can um, uh, add some cooking uh, vegetables there. And then the third week, you, you follow a normal diet. So this is an example of a vegetarian diet. Here's a, uh, one example of a, of a maintenance uh, diet, so you, you don't need that. I don't need to spend, to, spend, uh, to spend time with that. And then uh, another thing that we advise is uh, for long term, it's is good to have fasting once in a while or every two weeks or once a month or, or, or just fasting with fruits is good for our health. So for us, usually uh, we don't do that. But uh, I have done that in the last two years, and I'll tell you that not, not uh, frequent that, but one day I say, well, today is not my day of eating. People say, let's go for lunch. No, I'm going to stay with fruits or just detox. And then it's good for us. You feel very good. Avoid desserts. Use fruits instead. So this is something that we have to promote more. And juices and drinks. and drink. Uh, um. Do you have to have any precautions? Well... People should not exercise too much on this, on this kind of diet. So that's one thing. Uh, I remember we, have a, we still have the aerobic, uh, pista aerobica in San Roque. Yeah. We have an aerobic uh, trail there that we put our patients to go there. And so most of them are doing this. And so I have this huge lady that African-American with high blood pressure with medications, and she went to the aerobic trail, and I told her, please, no running. You just go and walk there. You can walk fast. But there is a group of young fellows that were running, and then they passed one time through her, and then when they passed by her the second time, they said, hey, come with us. I mean, you are okay. She went with them, and in the middle of this, she fainted. Poof. So we went there with the doctor, with uh, the nurses, and we put her. We called a, a, a cardiologist, uh, or, or, and, and then we did an AKG, and so everything was fine. So she recovered, and another day she was okay, and then she went back to the aerobic trail. And then I told, well, now you learned the lesson. No running. You just go for a walk here. No, 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 don't worry. This is going to help your blood pressure. 
First turn was good. The second turn, the guys already passed. Hey, let's go. And she went then, half of the, boom, fainted again. And say, my goodness, what's going on here? <laughs> so, so it's just for you to know that sometimes people will go with the majority in, in a program. You have to be very careful. In, in programs, you have to be very careful because people will have some of those things and you have to be prepared. You have to have emergency things. And uh, fortunately, I, have, I used to run a, a, a running club in Hong Kong. For, for the seven years, that uh, six years that I've been there, and I, I didn't have no, in, no incident at all, even during the competition. But one day, one guy came to our club later, because we have six months of program. He came in the middle of the program, he entered, and then he went to a, to a race. I was not even in the race. And then he has a, um, a hyper, hyperthermia. Because uh, it was too hot, he, he was not drinking water, he fainted. And then, uh, then they were saying, oh, what's happening? The bomb. First of all, you didn't sign for our group, so you are going with them. So you didn't prepare for that. And second, you are in Hong Kong. You are not in Alaska or Canada. Hong Kong is a very humid place. You have to drink water. You have, you must drink water in this, uh, in this place. So uh, many times you have this thing because people go for exercise without eating, another thing. So you don't need to eat a big meal, but uh, you cannot do exercise if you don't have something there to burn. And they don't drink water, uh, especially in hot places. Uh, so supplementation, what we advise. Um, vitamin B12, if, if, if people want to take calcium, I don't go more than 500 milligrams if they ask my opinion. I believe you can go by the foods, but uh, if you have to take pills, then it's better to use this with vitamin D than use that alone. Uh, another thing that people forget is that as I am vegetarian, I, I don't need the physician, and that's not right. We need to, to do checkups, we need to... to and Mostly, we have to adjust medication. If they go on a program like that, they will drop medications for cholesterol, for blood pressure, for whatever. Oh, now I like, I like what I'm going to talk. Maybe some of you already read that. But uh, I asked I ask last time, what is uh, bathing, uh, forest bathing? And then one lady said, it's taking a shower in the forest. <laughs> That's a cool one, yeah, but uh, what I'm talking about is this. Forest bathing, increase the natural killer activity and uh, the number of NK cells and intracell, uh, intracellular anti-cancer proteins in lymphocytes. Uh, what is that? It's a time breathing the volatile, volatile substance called phytoncides that are from the, uh, mostly from the uh, trees which are antimicrobial, volatile, organic compounds derived from trees, such as the pine tree and uh, limonene. Uh, this, has, this is not lemon tree. Is a, is a, by the way, lemon tree and, and lemon has this. But uh, this is other, other trees, wild trees have the same. So they did a, a, a test here with 12 healthy male subjects in Japan. 
this is the average age, and then they went to a trip in there to a forest or, or then Tokyo. And then they walk in the forest, they stay there for, this, uh, for these days, and then they compare the blood after they stay in the forest and what uh, happened when they were in the city of Tokyo. So they, uh, they check the, 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 the time here, um, before and after the, the trip to the city, and uh, before and after the trip to the forest, and before and after the trip to the city. And then uh, what they found is that there was increase in AK activity, in increasing numbers of NK. Uh, then they have the increase of this substance, perforin, glanulizing, granzyme, uh, AB expressing cells, uh, and the decrease of adrenaline in their urine, probably because you have less stress, so you don't have much adrenaline circulation. The increase on NK activity was uh, lasted for more than seven days after the trip. So this means that we should go at least once a week in the, to the forest if we don't live in close to one. Uh, then when they went to the city, uh, nothing happened. So they, they mentioned, this is this, the, the, the citation, this pilot study illustrates the profound healing effect of nature. So. Isn't that something amazing that we have these effects there uh, for us? We just need to go there. And, and Ellen White mentioned about the properties of the trees for, for healing. So there we go. That's why our hospital should not be in the city. But anyways. Uh, and then the exciting thing, that's what I asked more time, because we have to finish this part, because it's very interesting. We are going to talk about spontaneous regression of cancer. So what? Uh, is happening besides exercise, besides diet, besides uh, fruits and vegetables, we have to keep track of our minds. And, and the minds of a cancer patient might determine if this person is going to die or this person is going to survive. So approximately 50% of these cases here um, could be related to six types of cancer. So those are cases observed in the literature that uh, have uh, a spontaneous regression. Simply, the cancer disappeared with the time. So we are going to study a couple of these cases. But uh, this is the types of cancer that uh, um, have had uh, regression or remission. I think regression might be a bad name. I, I talk about regression, and people didn't understand. Because when you regress, you might go back to the disease. Remission. But it should be remission, OK? Um, the events preceding their remission, even though in the, in the literature they, 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 they call regression, so I think they are Japanese, that's why. Uh, infections with a high prolonged fever. I remember when I was visiting Uchi Pines, they have a hypertherapy to treat cancers there. So uh, Severe shock, coma, hemorrhage. Partial tumor excisions and biopsies. So in that case, biopsies would even regress the tumor. Can you believe that? Pregnancy and, uh, and then uh, no other biological event associated. 
Uh, let's read it. It is possible to imagine that there is a spectrum of response that can be brought about by each individual's natural self-repair mechanisms. Then the placebo effects is an example of its operations at the low end of the scale, and remission of a cancer cell would be in the other uh, end of the scale. Because uh, we know placebo effect, I remember when they were checking on um, uh, St. John's wort and cancer and depression, they figured out that St. John's wort was not different than placebo to, re, to, to decrease uh, depression. Okay, but they, they figured out also that even placebo was too good to, to treat depression, was 30% decrease across together with, uh, with St. John's wort, and they say, well, this, this stuff is, it looks like whatever you do for a depression, depressive person, you are doing good, whatever, because they feel, they feel that they are being treated. So, but uh, there is something else on the placebo that is our mind on that. So the inner psychology of our brain might be able to create an, an environment that is in hospital for cancer. Uh, a case uh, in the World Journal of Surgery in 1983 reported a placebo-controlled trial uh, of a chemotherapy agent that was 30% of the control group that received placebo lost all their hair. Can you believe that? <laughs> so tell me about that. So it's something that it happens to human beings. Uh, this is an interesting. This guy here, um, he asked, he has a severe form of cancer. He asked for this drug, Krebiosin. And the doctor prescribed that. And he, the tumor, the tumor masses melted like snowballs in a hot stove, start decreasing the tumor. Then he read in the journal, in the, in the newspaper, that uh, this drug does not have any effect at all. It was just, uh, and then he, what happened? Um, the, the cancer began spreading again, and he requires hospitalization, and he dies a few days. So while he was with faith on those things, he was helping. When he lost faith, <laughs> So now we have three cases that I would like to share with you. First is, is Dr. Ikemi. This was published in 1975. This is a, a male, 64 years old, a pastor and preacher in his uh, church, diagnosed with laryngeal cancer, refused surgery, because the surgery will take his jaw and his voice all, all away. And then he said, well, this is God's will, and I have no complaint about that. Whatever should happen will just happen. So he continued preaching and dedicate to, your, to his church. Two months later, his voice improved. Four months later, he started preaching again. No evidence of the laryngeal uh, tumor, and he died in, with 78 years old with an accident. In another case was a male, 77 years old, with a stomach cancer, refused the surgery. He also was a co-leader in his church with, a, it was not his father, his, his son. And he called the family council, and then he told them, well, I just want to prepare you for that. I might die, and I am just sharing with you this because I, I am satisfied with the Lord, and I will dedicate the last years of my life to the Lord and to the service. From that time, the symptoms went down. He continued his church ministry, traveling and doing missionary work. And then a couple of years after that, uh, he showed no tumor at all. 
uh, uh, regressing in the tumor, and then in, in 75 there was no tumor. Uh, the KA, a female, 31 years old, stomach cancer with a metastasis, adenocarcinoma, the, surge, the surgeon took two-thirds of her stomach and told her, with this metastasis, he prepared the family, she's going to die in a couple of months, three months. Then she said, frankly speaking, I was not afraid of, afraid of cancer. That was because I had my religious faith. I had been a stubborn person, and I feel I had my corners rounded off by having cancer. Faith to me is not the attachment to life, just wishing to be saved, but it is the gratitude to God who saved my spirit. I began to live a real life since that time. And then she referred that she started treating better people around her, and then she was, uh, she was content with her life. I said, okay, Lord, it's in your hands. Nine years after that, no signs of cancer, no metastasis. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, for me, this is, uh, yeah. is amazing, too much, uh, too much for me. No anxiety, the lessons that we take from this case. They have two more cases that are not even Christians. These are, it looks like they are, but they have, they, they, I didn't bring that, but I have to tell you. Two more cases are not religious people, but they have the same mentality. Well, it's time, it's time, whatever happens, happens. No anxiety or depression following the diagnostic. Previous devotion to their religion gave themselves totally to God. Renewed devotion to previous religious commitment. Took measures to deconstruct their relationships with other people. So, now we know that when a person is diagnosed with cancer, there is a pressure. And this pressure blocks all the immune system and all these uh, genes that will help to kill cancer cells. So we have to help those guys and share this idea that if they, they relax, they don't uh, let the disease take over, they might have a better chance of survival. And then is the, the last verse for this lecture. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, you believe also in me. My father, you know this by heart. But uh, this is that where I go, and I will prepare a, a place for you, and where I go, I will have you with me too. So with that hope, shouldn't we be the main guys in this world to promote this? Sometimes you get in trouble with that, but um, I'll tell you, one time I was doing a stress counseling, the patient came to me, oh, I lost my husband, I lost my husband, and there is nothing that can help me. It's very tough, I mean, when you have a, a cause, it's easy when you don't have a cause for stress, I mean, but when you have a death in the family, it's very tough. Then I apply this to her. I say, well, you know, uh, we, we believe in, second, uh, in, in a second life, in eternal life. So you might see your husband again, and then, why should I say that? I, she said, oh, I saw him. Uh, the doors was shaking, and he entered to the house and was sleeping, and then I saw his voice, and then he is around. He is around. Hallelujah. Goodness, grace. <laughs> so sometimes uh, the things that turn against us, we have to be careful. <laughs> Go in peace, but not rest in peace. <laughs> 
So we have one last lecture, but uh, um, <laughs> because this is supposed to be the last one, remember, I, I, I did it in the reverse way. So then I have uh, uh, other cancers. We go just uh, the, the main topics that we might, we might not have touched. Uh, if, you, if you have a question, I think we have a couple. Uh, uh, it's, it's, we have time for one or two questions, no? Go ahead. Yes, yes. Of course, of course, I would. This week, this week, a lady came here with, uh, you know, I, I'm, I suppose not to, to, to treat cancers, but she came here with a, a story of her friend with a, a lymphoma. I sent her to the Gerson's uh, clinic. But uh, the doctors that are going to do the chemotherapy are not, uh, are forbidding her to do uh, antioxidants, diets rich in antioxidants, because it will affect the, and say, well, this is baloney. They don't know what they're talking about. So the best chance of survival is eating a diet, more vegetarian diet, more, because these guys don't know anything. They will give uh, meat for these guys, you know? If you give meat to these cancer patients, you are just mess feeding the cancer cells, so. Your time. Nuts. Why do you think that there's so, it seems like there's an increase in nut allergies. Is there something that... Um, Especially in America, yeah. Yeah, is it something in the American diet that is unusual? Well, Americans are allergic to everything, okay? <laughs> Not just nuts. It's a, it's a, it looks like a, and I believe one of the factors is, uh, is, is breastfeeding, lack of breastfeeding in the past, so we, we, and another is that we, uh, depends on how you, most of these allergies start on when you are a young person. And it, it might be related with your intestinal flora. How you, if you have, a, I remember Patrick mentioned about that, if your intestinal flora is not good, you might uh, have uh, uh, parasites or, or, or that are going to go to the upper part, and this will, crea will create, in a mix with food, uh, uh, a reaction to foods. Also, if your intestinal flora is not good, you don't have the intestinal barrier, so you are going to absorb more uh, uh, entire proteins of, uh, of uh, outside elements that will develop allergies. Instead of absorbing one amino acid, that's what we want, you will absorb the whole protein, and then you develop all the, these allergies. But that's my impression, that most allergies either come from that food, uh, I would say 90%, or from pollution, it would be another one. But uh, even pollen, I don't believe that pollen is uh, an allergy, I, I believe it's more related to to, to food. And there is research. You take milk and dairy from these guys and they improve like that. They can even eat more peanuts that they never eat. Just put them in, 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 in without dairy.
Yeah, that's true. I think. Allergy. Uh, it can be. Our colleges, yeah, our colleges. Yeah. Okay, guys, let's go here. You, you got your chance. Uh, ovary cancer uh, is high in the Philippines and Singapore. Um, is is higher among whites in in the United States. Uh, it's similar to breast cancer. It looks like the same gene is related here. Um, it's more frequent after menopause. You see, the same uh, gene is related in 5 to 10% of cases. It has a family history. Um, I, I have to say that, but this is what the book says, so I cannot go against that. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, if you read that, I mean, it's related to the diet, okay? Female hormone, estrogen, uh, no. Uh, no procreation, early menarche, late menopause, smoking tobacco. So I like this picture here. <laughs> uh, breastfeeding protects against this uh, cancer and fruits and vegetables. And uh, uh, this one, if you, if, you eat con uh, if you take contraceptives, offers a protection. But don't forget that contraceptions will cause this two problem here, thromboembolism and breast cancer. Um, so I already talked about that. Uh, smoking increase. So again, there is some uh, parasites, mostly schistosoma hematobion, that can cause this. Um, we talk about that in about what kind of cancer has a relation to this. Remember? Anybody? I mentioned that there is some parasites related to some cancers. Even in Asia, it is more common. Liver cancer. Liver cancer. Uh, related to schistosoma. So this uh, industrial pollution, naphthylamine, whatever you call, is, is, uh, is oh, so sorry. I'm talking about bladder cancer now. <laughs> That's what I say. Well, it looks like bladder cancer, this stuff. It's bladder cancer. It's not over anymore. Sorry. So I talk was uh, still, uh, I was with over here. So we are talking about bladder cancer, OK? And then in this one, probably milk protects. So, uh, water and, and bladder cancer. So this is something interesting. They they did a research compared those that drank six cups per day with those that eat just one cup per day. So the risk of bladder cancer decreased seven percent for each increment of two fifty mL. So it's a call for us to drink more water. Um, all liquids, 50% lower rates of those uh, drinking 2.3 uh, milli milliliters per day compared to those that uh, take 2,000 millimeters and 1,000 millimeters. So uh, they mentioned here about all liquids, not just water. In the advanced health study, we didn't find anything related to cancer, but we found that uh, drinking five cups or more of water per day uh, is related to less risk of heart disease and stroke. So it's, uh, you know why? Because of the blood. Do you drink a lot of water? 
Yeah, when you, when, uh, now I'm going to repeat. Uh, when you drink water, you dilute the, the, the blood. So it's like a river. A, 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 a dirty river will not flow. So the flow is going to be reduced if you don't drink water when you drink. But they didn't find an effect for, uh, for all liquids. It's just water. When you start doing juices and, uh, and, and you put some sugar there, and then you don't have effect. Uh, 46 cases of bladder cancer in the advanced health study. And then consumption of beef was related to two times the risk of death compared to those that don't eat beef. So that's a good one. Uh, endometrial cancer, uterus. Contraceptives protect this, again. Uh, so, but uh, it, it relates to um, breast, cervical, and liver. And they protect with a uterus and, uh, and uh, ovary. Uh, exercise is protective, vegetables is protective, overweight is a cause of this cancer. Uh, also relate this uh, uh, related to hormones. This one, I just want to mention that uh, this drug that they use, still use this drug after you have breast cancer. It might increase this cancer risk. So it's something that uh, they have to be careful about. By the way, my, they prescribed this to my mother. And she took one time and she vomited one day long. And then she, she could not uh, handle that. But it, it doesn't help if you, if you have a, a good diet after that, you, you might have a, a better weight than this drug. But that's my opinion. <laughs> um, other, uh, other risk for endometrial cancer. Um, let's see if we didn't cover anything here. Um, inability to have children. I mean, the, 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 the ones that didn't have children might have a higher risk. Um, but we already mentioned about that. This is a uh, uh, history of hormone replacement therapy. This is the big thing. You have heard about the HRT uh, big uh, fall, huh? because they are using HRT. I never was fond of HRT to, to my clients. But uh, there are some doctors that, that still today they prescribe a, a, a hormone replacement therapy. And, and it's a big mess because it will not decrease uh, risk of, uh, of heart disease at all and will increase risk of cancers like this one. Huh? So high, how is hypertension uh, related to endometrial cancer? It might be related to the, the same thing as obesity, diabetes, and hypertension. So it's metabolic syndrome. Because today we know that hypertension and diabetes, they are cousins. When it starts, the other will, fo will follow, and, uh, or vice versa. They will, they will come at the same time. So it, it might be related to insulin resistance. Uh, women with a personal family of a polyp, non-polyp colorectal cancer, uh, might have a high risk of endometrial cancer. So now let's go to the one that we have a hard time here, <laughs> cervical cancer. Uh, is related to sexual intercourse before 18 years old. Multiple partners, husband with multiple partners, or wife with multiple partners. Uh, human papilloma virus is related to that. Herpes virus is related also. And then is in, in, so that's why some girls 
might have HPV infection and never develop, uh, because we, we observe that. So at the, many people in, during uh, biopsy, I mean, when they died, they found that they have uh, HPV and they never had cancer. Probably they need, besides, because HPV is mutagenic, they need something to, to uh, promote this. And smoking was one, one thing, or, and maybe diet is another thing, but uh, uh, smoking increased the risk on that. It's true, uh, the second most frequent, this is the, um, okay, certificates. So now you have to stay longer, otherwise you don't get your certificate. But we, we still have time. I might finish on time. Um, survivor in five years is for 50%. So this is the place that we are talking about. Um, is related to uh, HPV infections. And uh, HPV is also related to vulva, vagina, penis, anus, and throat, and all of these uh, uh, type of cancers and, and genital warts. And I mentioned also that uh, the, the last research is saying that uh, colon cancer is also related. I mean, HPV can be one factor in colon cancer, uh, mostly among homosexuals. Cervical cancer is considered a sexual transmitter disease. My friend that is against me is gone, but... Uh, no, 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 I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the other doctor here that disagree with that. But um, uh, we, we are friends, and, uh, and he agree with me later on. Uh, <laughs> so the, the Gardasil is a vaccine for more... Uh, for the, 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 the types of uh, HPV that are more related to this uh, cancer, and now we have another one that's called Cervarix. 70% um, of cervical cancer are caused by those, and 90% of uh, genital warts uh, are, are caused for those. The other 30% here are caused for other types of HPV, not uh, for other types of uh, whatever, but uh, most of them are related to HPV. That's what we consider a sexual transmitted disease. And then uh, is related also for throat cancer. And then now they are approving this to prevent uh, genital warts, anal cancer, and probably penile cancer among homosexuals. Sorry about the mistake there, the typo. Uh, in men. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's, together with HIV, this is going, is, is going in, second, second, uh, 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 in second place. So the Gardasil is a problem. I already mentioned about that. Uh, um, it's, uh, it's produced by a virus-like particles that resemble the variant, but is not the variant itself. And then, uh, and then we have a production of antibody that uh, will kill the virus. And then we have three injections in three months. And then we remember the, um, what's the name of the guy in Texas? Uh, Blackner, Breckner? The, 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 the governor of Texas, that uh, he put this as a, uh, mandatory and create a big fuzz around the country and, and parents revolt against him and so and so. I guess it's not mandatory. I don't know if your state is mandatory, no? No, yeah. But I remember in California, we didn't have a law, but in, lo in local counties, they, they promote a mandatory and that's why we have that lady that talked to me and anyways. I think someone has a, a, a question, but you hold your question for the end, and then I finish this. Um, 
the side effects, because the big fuss on, the, on not accepting the vaccine, I, I, I will not discuss the ethical part of the vaccine. So if the kids are not having sex, there is no point to have this vaccine. Okay, so, but don't forget that 70% of high school and, ele well, not elementary, but uh, 12 years and over are having sex in this country. In this country, I don't know about your country. So it's a mess. It's a mess. So we have to be aware of that. Seven zero percent of kids, high school kids, are having sex. So then we, that's why they are trying to do this mandatory. The, 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 the problem with the vaccine is a painful shot, local, local soreness and swelling, nausea, fever, fainting. Uh, this is mostly what, uh, what happened to any kind of vaccine. Yeah, common side effect for vaccines. So fainting is because you give an injection with uh, whatever, sugar, to a kid and he will faint. Especially girls, oops. <laughs> but it's the fear, this fear thing. So. Women who use uh, DST-ubestrol during pregnancy could have their doctors be increased. Well, this is when they use this drug. We don't use that drug anymore. The absolute prevention, sexual abstinence. Um, and or, or within a, a relationship with a fidelity, protected sex, and then the Gardasil. Gardasil is not something that you can use if you have HPV. So it's a prevention thing. If the girl has HPV, will not do anything. So it's just for you. That's why they don't go over, I think we have here, they, they, go, they go over, uh, over 25, 26 years old, so this is the limit, okay? Um, this is the message for the CDC. I like to read this message. Sexually activity, active adults can also lower their risk of HPV by being in a mutual faithful relationship with someone who has had no or few sex partners by, or by limiting their number of sex partners. The fewer partners a person has had, the less likely he or she is to have HPV. But even persons with one lifetime sex partner can gain the HPV if the partner has had previous partners. So that's why we have to, to not be worried about the thing in the church if we have to be uh, involved in that. But uh, they might ask you as professional, health professionals, hey, well, we have this case here. So, I have one lady that messed me up is a, is a, is a, after 26 years of marriage and, and so someone was diagnosed with that and there is no uh, other source and say, well, but how about before? No, never had. And so how can you say that? You never know what happened before you get married, yeah, especially with men. But, uh, how would it start originally? I mean... Yeah, you have to have a, a intercourse, and then the virus will pass. It's a transmitted disease. But I believe one, one intercourse would not do that. So uh, that's my opinion. I don't know if the doctor agrees, but I believe it's shh. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's I agree. But I don't believe that one HPV would... Would, would cause the cancer. So I believe you need, well, maybe I'm, no, I'm wrong, but uh, uh, I don't want to discuss this, but it, it might be uh, the infection is transmitted, but it's not like, uh, um, 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that, that's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and because the, 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 the research is saying that when, it, and when it's multiple uh, relationship, then the risk is shh. And, and so that, that's uh, is for you to, to check. I, I even didn't know about that. So let's uh, go to the sun a little bit. We still have time. Skin cancer, most common cancer in the world. Well, no, 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 no more time now. <laughs> People with white skin, main cause is sunlight. Uh, you, you hold your horse there. Uh, sunblock, avoid staying too long in the sun. Um, most of uh, the cancer, skin cancer are melanomas, and I mentioned to you that uh, melanomas and skin cancer is related to sunburn, so avoid sunburn. And uh, UVB can affect the gene P53, that is suppressor gene, and, and, and had a mutation there. It's a cancer of the Western, and uh, it related to color also, so uh, African Americans have a very low level of this. And then uh, this is just for you to know what happened with this cancer, so it's a normal cell. Once the, the P53 protein is there, uh, uh, and then this cell is developing a cancer uh, alteration, uh, it, it becomes, uh, uh, um, it, it kills the cell, kills the alteration there if you have a 53 protein. But uh, if the sun, sunshine will, uh, the UVB rays will affect these proteins here, will not uh, fix the DNA and then this cell will not suicide, this cell will multiply instead. Uh, related to episodic severe sunburn. Um, and then we, it might be uh, common in, in, in AIDS people also, but it's another type of uh, skin cancer. In some place in the world, and that's why we have to go with your uh, um, county department or health department to see if they have uh, arsenic in the drinking water, because some places have arsenic as as uh, natural occurrence in the water, and then this might be uh, related to not only cancer of the skin but lungs, bladder, and kidney. So this is the level that should be secure, and then uh, you have to know that in your country. In this country, we don't have this problem. Stomach cancer, fourth cancer in the world, is not common in the United States. It's, uh, it's common in China, as liver cancer is. Stomach cancer changed my life. I was in medical school, and I was supposed to be a surgeon. Then I was in the last year, and I followed a surgery of six hours, and was an inoperable tumor that was spread all around the internal cavity of the abdomen. And then I talked by myself, I'm not going to spend my time uh, uh, doing this. That is too late. The guy died in a couple of days after that. So I decided to, to go for prevention. So that's why I'm here. Otherwise, I would be staying uh, in uh, doing surgeries in Loma Linda. Now, this was in Brazil. I would not even come here to Loma Linda. So my cancer is related to this bacteria. So this is another thing that you have to make people aware that if they have uh, 
heartburn, if they have indigestion, they should check. They should check the breath test to, to check for helicobacter pylori. And uh, they might or might not need a treatment for that because uh, here we do the treatment. But uh, I remember in China, they so common this in China they had, that the guy said, well, it, everybody has this. So you do a treatment for once, but uh, maybe you have to control your lifestyle and your diet uh, later on because we will not keep giving you antibiotic for that. But for many people in this country, you, you do a one week or two weeks of antibiotic and you kill this bacteria and you're okay. Uh, I will talk a little more about that because it's not just the bacteria, it's where the bacteria is coming from. Uh, dry foods and, uh, and smoked uh, uh, pickled foods are, that are rich in nitrates are related to this, uh, also to this cancer. Uh, lack of fruits and vegetables. Um, lack of refrigeration. There is a, a, a very uh, common correlation that like, should be like that. So if you increase, when, when the, the refrigeration was started and increased, the rates of this cancer decrease because the helicobacter bacteria survive when you live in foods that we are not refrigerated. So in the, if they are kept in the, the fridge. So if you have foods in the fridge for more, for more than a week, throw away, okay? It might be this one, but uh, avoid eating foods uh, uh, that are not refrigerated. Smoking and alcohol are related. Previous stomach surgery, family history of, uh, of cancer, of, uh, of this cancer, ulcers and gastritis. Um, this is uh, the, it can be treated with antibiotics. Uh, uh, there is some foods like garlic, broccoli, and selenium that have anti-helicobacter properties. I remember I was reading this article with broccoli. They made broccoli juice, and, uh, and then it was good to, to, to do that. And I remember when I was in, in Sao Paulo, we used to use collards juice. I don't know if they still use for collards, collards juice for, for the treatment of ulcers and gastritis, and was very effective. And on that time, we didn't know about this bacteria. Cabbage juice is another one. It's the same, probably has the same property uh, against uh, uh, stomach cancer. So avoid eating too much salt, avoid meats and uh, mostly the processed meats. Pepper and alcohol might be in this business also. Um, I have one article for one Mexican doctor that's saying that pepper is a high risk of stomach cancer. In this individual study, he was positive that uh, no pepper for my patients here. But uh, when we put epidemiological studies, the, the, the risk is not that big. Diets rich in refined grains and sweets uh, are related to higher incidence of these two cancers, stomach and colon cancer. So this is a, a review by Jack Jacobs. Uh, protection against the stomach uh, cancer. Uh, garlic family is also good. Um, now we go to esophagus cancer. We have two times more common in men, fatal when diagnosed, uh, more incidence in African Americans, no symptoms, surviving five years, 10%. It's not an easy cancer to treat. Um, we have two types of, uh, of stomach cancer, uh, esophagus cancer, one that is close to the stomach and one that is upper level. So the most common in this country is the one that is common here that is related to GERD. 
that we call, uh, or the Barrett esophagus, that is reflux. This chronic reflux might cause cancer. That's why sometimes if the people have heartburn and heartburn, they should, uh, they should uh, control for that. But I will tell you, most heartburns, they, if you change your diet, and if you space your diets, they will go uh, away. So it's not just uh, some people say, oh, I have to use thumbs all the time. No, control your diet. Don't eat too frequent, and you are going to be OK. In the last resort, before you do thumbs, you do, you do charcoal. Yeah. Uh, one day, my daughter is a nurse. And one day, uh, uh, she was having heartburn. And she asked, what should I do that? So charcoal. Charcoal? Well, well how about Prilosec? <laughs> so they say, well, what? I even don't know how to pronounce this drug. But I mean, charcoal is easy. You have raised with charcoal. Don't you remember it? And, uh, and then I have this good story to share with you about charcoal. I have two dogs. And the dogs, I miss them because they, 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 they are the ones that I walk with and run with. They are small chihuahuas. Uh, I mean, big chihuahuas because it's a chihuahua mix. And then one day when I have this first dog that is called Wookie, no, I didn't put the name. Okay, it was the wife. She liked the stars or whatever. Like she put Wookie. And then he starts vomiting. Then uh, it was vomiting. It looks like something was inside and uh, or stuck in his throat. We took to the veterinary. He said, well, it may be something uh, digestion, give some digestion stuff there. And it didn't help. So continue vomiting. And then we took again to another veterinarian. And he said, oh, this is an allergy. I say, my goodness, these guys are worse than physicians. <laughs> and he gave an allergy. He gave a, sorry about that, OK. I am a physician, so I can't. <laughs> he, gave a, he gave a Benadryl injection to this guy. Boom, Benadryl injection. It didn't help at all. Then they continued vomiting, and then they took to the emergency room. My goodness, don't go to the emergency room, please. And then they, they did an x-ray, and they could not find anything. And they keep giving him a bunch of pills. Then I, I, I saw the vomit one day, and uh, I saw some uh, small leaves. And then I made the diagnosis. He was eating uh, leaves, the leaves from one plant. And maybe he was, he was a puppy. He was getting intoxicated. Yeah. Ah, I got my charcoal stuff. <laughs> put a syringe like that and say, hey, open the, we put something to, because he, he will cut your, 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 your. And I, zoom, charcoal. And I got some milk and I drop uh, charcoal in the milk. Well, you are going to not be uh, dairy. I don't care about dairy now. And he drank everything. In one hour, the dog was. He was fine. He was healed. So please, please use more charcoal. Um, there are two types of uh, squamous. Uh, uh, well, I already mentioned that two types of uh, of, uh, of soma cancer, esophagus cancer. This one is more common in America because of overweight. So if a person has a big abdominal, will have GERD and then will cause the cancer that is uh, uh, in lower part of that. The cigarette smoking, the alcohol, on the other hand, will cause the upper uh, esophagus cancer. Uh, then I have to talk about my tradition here. In South America, they have the mate and a relationship with esophagus cancer. Esophagus cancer is endemic of that region, Uruguay, Argentina, Paraguay, and south of Brazil. 
and because we use this uh, uh, mati here, um, they use in a, in a place like that, and they use with a straw that is a metal straw, and the main cause is, is a burning of the esophagus that is, uh, this is very, very hot. And then uh, people use that all around, and even kids use that. And uh, I don't use it. I just took the picture, OK? <laughs> so I have to. <laughs> but uh, I, well, I have uh, some relatives that say, well, it's just the, the hot, it's just the warm thing, and then it is not a problem to drink mate. But my grandfather used to have, this is the Ilex paraguayensis. This is the tree that produces uh, the mate. My grandfather used to produce mate, and he has a kind of a, 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 a oven that they put the mate there, and they put the charcoal and, and wood, and it would be to dry the herb, and would be drying the herb for, for, many, for many days sometimes. And then this herb will be impregnated with that smoke. And then I was thinking, it might be that it's not just the, the hot part. It might be something else. Nowadays, they have two types of mates. You have to be careful. If you buy mate made by this process, you might have the carcinogenics. But this guy was Then I went to the literature, and I found these uh, high levels of, of benzopyrene in mate drinks. He got, a, he got a kind of a eight, eight commercial herb mate products, and then he found that there was two to 11 times the level of benzopyrene found in green tea leaves. So compared to the, the leaves that were not burned. And then he mentioned, they mentioned here that the amount is equivalent of one pack of smoking cigarettes per day. Isn't that something? I mean. Yeah, so even you, yesterday there was a lady that came to me and said, well, this new herba, the new herbal for, for health made by a physician here in, in Orlando that is Adventist that produce a lot of herbal teas, and then we have yerba mate. I say, hey, <laughs> yerba mate, no. <laughs> I am from the south, I know what's the problem, please. The main effect of mate is that it's rich in caffeine. That's what people like it. It is a diuretic, helps your intestines, but take your, you sleep away. So it's a stimulant. And, and it gets a little addictive, you know? I have people that they have to do their mate over and over and over because it's, it's caffeine stuff. But that's related, of course. Yeah, caffeine, well, caffeine is, is controversial there. Another uh, herbal that use that is related to uh, esophageal cancer is the betel quid that is more in the Pacific Islands and Taiwan and, and the other. Do you have in your country? Uh-huh. So the betel quids are, are made by uh, seeds, and then they, they go, this is a palm tree. They prepare this, and they mix with tobacco leaves, tobacco smoking. So if you go to Taiwan, and they have, uh, um, if you go to the country, they have small booths, I mean, every five miles with uh, not just, uh, I, I took this one, I took this picture, but uh, normally are very beautiful girls <laughs> with, uh, with uh, short uh, 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 dresses and, and they are there and people stop by to buy these things because this is very stimulant. Uh, besides, besides the betel quid, it's stimulant and then we have nicotine. 
but this is related to, to, uh, um, to esophagus cancer. And then I have here something that we don't understand there, that the aspirin will protect. Aspirin will not protect against uh, stomach cancer, though, but it looks like it will protect against this one. Uh, mouth, larynx, pharynx, cancers. All are related to alcohol and tobacco. So these cancers are all related to that. Now they have HPV in homosexuals. Then mate also can cause these kind of cancers here because remember, if I was going, you have a burning that probably is, is, uh, is something that will increase inflammation. In burning in that case will be the, the promotion and the mutation is brought by the benzopyrene. I almost finished. You have to know about Freud. Freud can explain that. I'm not sure about that. Freud has a diagnosed with a, a lip cancer, a mouth cancer. So uh, he did a surgery for that, but he didn't stop smoking his cigar. Then he got another tumor in the mouth, and then he did another surgery, and he didn't uh, stop. After 30 surgeries in his mouth, he had to put an artificial mandibula, and he died of mouth cancer, but never stopped smoking. This is the father of the psychotherapy. Isn't that a, tro a problem with this guy? Well, the problem with him was that he used cocaine. He was the first one to use cocaine to treat patients with heroin addiction. <laughs> so it's a substitute the devil for the evil for the evil. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> so this cancer is common in Hong Kong, and, uh, and it looks like uh, there are some factors there, but mostly because of this virus that is common also, Epstein. This is related to Epstein-Barr virus. Um, smoking is related, alcohol is related, lack of vitamin A might be related. And, and, and this is one that, uh, that uh, it might be in the, com in the community there, smoked uh, meats uh, and fish, me uh, smoked fish. Um, I think this is not important. Arsenic in the water, I, I already asked you. These are the countries that might have more arsenic in the water. They, they don't have the islands here. It, it looks like South America and China have to... to now, here we have these two... Uh, um, the two states in the United States that should check for arsenic in the water. I'm not going to go that. And a little bit on blood cancer to finish, okay? Oh, we have time still. Why am I so in a hurry? Uh, lymphomas, Hodgkin lymphomas, and leukemias, uh, we don't know. Uh, the causes are not known. Um, it might be related to some, might be related to Epstein-Barr, mostly the Hodgkin lymphomas and then uh, maybe to HIV and immune suppression. So if they have had radiation, if they smoke, if they have contact with benzene, uh, might be related to leukemia. Uh, vegetable and fruits might protect. Milk and dairy might be a cause. Red meat might be a cause. Overweight might be a cause. So this is something that uh, might be common. I remember one friend of my, uh, my son died with leukemia. I don't remember what time. And one problem that this boy have is that he was a strong marijuana smoker. Even though we have all this mess, this mess I was reading today, 
uh, an article saying that marijuana in, in, uh, improve uh, or increase the body uh, uh, reaction against cancer. I don't buy that, but uh, uh, we have people in both sides. Yeah. In, in this, in this uh, patients, in these uh, uh, workers here with uh, uh, soybean implantation, cattle farms, milk production, they have more leukemia, but it's related to the herbicides that are, they are exposed. People that work in rubber, asbestos, or tire uh, factories are also related. Or, or if they have chemotherapy for other cancers. So you have chemotherapy for these, you might heal those, but uh, you might increase your risk for this. Yeah. They don't have any connection. Yeah. That, that's the problem. They don't make any connection. They said that that is no related. Yeah. They, they said that it's not related, but uh, milk might increase the risk. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe one day we'll know. Fever few is an herbal, and then uh, they made, uh, they made a, um, a treatment here. Uh, uh, they, they give... Uh, uh, Fever few for this. Um, when they did the the, the fever few um, with this drug here, they, the cells were the, the bone marrow cells were unskated, so it means that they protected protected uh, against against uh, uh, the effect of the uh, the chemotherapy. So that's it. So that's the last thing that you have to say to your clients and to ourselves. Though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So thank you very much, guys. That's it. So I will sign your certificate, but uh, while I sign, if you have any questions, I hope uh, all the names are here. I, I, I think it's the, not the acute leukemias. The, the chronic leukemias are, are better for diagnosis. Some chronic leukemias even don't interfere with life because, but the acute leukemia, uh, I don't remember if it's lymphocytic, I don't know if you guys know, lymphocytic or whatever, uh, that, we, that happen in children, these are very, very aggressive. It, is, it lasts than one year, most of the kids are gone. And very and 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 the remi and the uh, what do you call they 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 kind of coming back very easy even with treatment. We have a, a chaplain in our church in Loma Linda that died with the leukemia. That's the leukemia. It was terrible. Yeah. Okay, guys. Uh, thank you very much. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit www.nadhealthsummit.com or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.